Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the BJJ Foxcast. I'm your host, Alex Martinez. And today, I have a good friend of mine. I, I can't believe you're on the show. Josh Rodriguez is on the show today. He's a first-degree black belt at, at under Gustavo Dantes. He's the head instructor at uh, GD BJJ Academy. He... Um, one of the one of the things we were just talking about was your second place finish at Masters One at uh, Masters Worlds, and you're a fight to win uh, veteran with a record of seven and two. Josh, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, pull that mic a little Thanks bit closer. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. I've been trying to put this together for a while, dude. Yeah, we've like, been playing phone tag with yeah, this one. Yeah, so, so um, I really appreciate you coming on, and um, and this is um, I normally I normally record on like on Sundays. Yeah. But I'm not going to be in town this Sunday, yeah. and I wasn't in town last Sunday. Yeah. So thank God we could make this yeah. happen, dude. Um, so let's get right into it. Tell me what's going on with. Uh, okay, I, I want to get to the meat of it because um, I've always wondered. Like, you've been competing on a bad knee for a few years now. Let's talk about that knee injury. Let's talk about the surgery yeah. and the that what where you are right now. So, um, man, I feel like my <clears throat> knee injuries can go back so far. Yeah, like years. when I was in uh, high school. Mm. I had, uh, it's called oxygen slaughter. It's where like your shin bone grows into your knee. Mm. So you'll see people, they also call it runner's knee. Okay. And uh, it's just really painful, but it doesn't really affect your movement so much. It was really painful all the time when I was younger. And then I started jujitsu and I was, um, I was a white belt, I believe. And I was visiting a Gracie Baja in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm. And I was playing deep de la Hiva and I, I didn't really know how to play it. I was just learning it. Yeah. And when you play deep de la Hiva, if you straighten your legs too much, your knees can become locked. Mm. And I was sweeping the guy the right way, but my knee was locked and he fell on top of my knee. So my knee oh. kind of bent sideways and yeah. there was a loud pop and I, I ne definitely tore something. But I was always the kind of guy like, you're just hurt. Take some time right. and back. You know? <laughs> yeah. So like two months later, I was probably training like a weeks later, but like two months later, I would say I was probably training full speed. Um, and then purple belt. Well, there was little injuries all the time, but like purple belt before the worlds, I was training. The camp was crazy, like Espen and uh, Orlando and Marcio. I don't know if Marcio was there actually at the time, but it was purple belt and just a bunch of tough dudes. And I remember the last week of training, I'm training super hard with a heavier guy. His name was John Owning. Mm. And I was just feeling confident. We were like wrestling on our feet and he jumped guard and I had my knee sideways. He landed on my knee. And wow. that was when I think I tore my ACL. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Because my knee went totally left and I fell to the right. And oh. it, it was just like, I remember laying on the floor and I was like, it's bad. It's bad. Everyone's asking what happened. I'm like, it's bad. It's bad. And so anyways, I go home and yeah, Espen was there. Orlando was there. Tommy was living there. Um, Nate, my friend Nate was living there. We that was were right all across living, the street, yeah, right? We were all li yeah. I used to have a house across the street from yeah, the gym. I remember that. It was a two bedroom, but we made it a three bedroom and kind of like a five bedroom. <laughs> and it was just like yeah. anybody that would call me, they'd be like, "Yeah, come out. Let's let's anybody I could have in the house to to like keep the environment yeah. all jujitsu. I yeah. would do it." But anyways, I fell and I was at home, and they're like, "You're gonna be fine." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna be fine. I'm not gonna compete. It's in a week. There's no way I'm gonna compete." Yeah. So. uh we get to the worlds, um, and I'm walking up and down the bleachers, coaching. You know, having fun coaching through the first two days. And yeah. Gustavo's looking at me. He's like, "Dude, you're walking okay. You should think about competing." Yeah. I was like, "Man, I can't compete. If I turn, my knee's gonna buckle." He gives me a a bottle of Tiger Bomb. First time I ever seen Tiger Bomb. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Take this, put it, rub it all over your knee, like 20 minutes for your fight, and let's see how it feels." Yeah. So I was like, all right, we'll see how I feel tomorrow, the next. So I put it on that night just for practice. And yeah. I was like, oh, it feels pretty good. I've never used it before. Yeah. And uh, the next day I get there and I'm like, I'm just going to compete. Screw it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so I put it all over my knee and 
the first two matches, I shoot triangles and I catch like 30 second triangles, you know, okay. boom, right off the bat. And then I get to the third round and uh, I'm fighting, I remember it's Alexander Molinaro. He's a, he's a pretty active competitor still. Yeah. He's a middleweight, I believe now. And I would sweep him, but as soon as I got up, he was playing De La Hiva, and every time he kind of pulled my ankle, my knee would buckle. I would just mm, fall over. So yeah. I ended up losing that match. I think I did well. I think it was like, I don't know, like four to eight or something like that. Okay. Like I could score, but I couldn't stay on top because yeah. my knee was buckling. Yeah. So I go back to training, and uh, I had little injuries all the time, you know, tons of them throughout my com- competition career. Like, yeah. I don't think I ever had, like, four months straight of training without a knee injury. And that was wow. kind of on both knees. So... Go into the um, first year at Black Belt. I go to the Masters Worlds, Masters 1, and had a good day. Like, the first match I started out with, uh, a calf slicer, like, almost like an accident. I was going for a back take, and I landed in a calf slicer, like, nice. 10 seconds into the match. And, oh, shit. And then end up uh, the second match. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but um, 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 Somehow I'm playing De La Hiva and I pop my own knee. You know, mm. I think it was actually the Pell Guard. I was playing the Pell Guard and I'm trying to sweep the guy. I feel my knee pop a little bit. I, I just deal with it. Like I always I'm like whatever my knee pops. So. Yeah. Uh, and I remember they tried to give me ice and I wouldn't ice my. I tried it for like five seconds and I was like, nope, it's gonna hurt worse. So I start running around. I'm running in between every match because if wow. I stop moving, yeah. it's gonna swell. It's gonna yeah. like lock up. Yep. So I get into the to the fifth round, maybe no sixth round, and I'm in the semifinals and I'm fighting. Um, um, I can't remember his name. Cobrini is one of Cobrini's uh, main master students. For some reason, I'm blanking right now. Yeah, but uh, it's a tough match, and I get like a calf slicer position again, but almost like a matrix style back take. This is before the matrix was yeah. like a thing, so I didn't. I was just kind of making it up, right? And as I pull his hips, I feel my knee pop and explode. You know, and this time I think this was my knee that I that I didn't have the surgery. I didn't have the recent surgery on. It was my left knee, I believe. But I, I remember, like, I, I'm thinking I can't I can't finish the match. So I'm laying on the floor on my back, and I see the medics running out, and I look over at the clock, and there's, like, 50 seconds left, and I'm down by, like, a point. And I'm, I stand up, and I'm waving the medics off because I didn't know if you get medics help, you're gonna, are they going to DQ me now? Right. Do I lose? Right, yeah. So I wave them <laughs> off. I can barely stand up, and I'm like, dude, two minutes or a minute left. I'm just going to finish Tough the match out. and lose. Yeah. If I lose, I lose. And somehow I get to close guard. And I pendulum sweep him to the mount. He turns, I get his back, I score the points, I win the no match. No way. Like, it's pretty crazy because I, I thought <laughs> in my mind, I was like, no way I could even walk right now. Right. And then all, like after that, I had this adrenaline rush and my knee feels pretty good. Yeah. You know, like before the final. Yeah. So I go into the match against Diego um, and I remember we pulled together. He came up, got the advantage. And uh, I'm playing lapel guard. I'm like, fine, I'm going to sweep him. This is my best position, yeah. my best guard. And about three or three and a half minutes go by, and Fejal's coaching me. He's like the loudest coach, and Vanessa's coaching me, and she's telling me to let go and switch the position. She's like, "Switch the position. You can't. You can't. He's too heavy. Like he was too strong for me to sweep him." Yeah. And I looked at her and I gave her like a wink, like, "No, I got my grips. You know, I'm gonna get this point. I know I'm gonna score." Yeah. And as I'm doing that, I'm like, "He's he's being so." Good about leaning over my knee, and if you play lapel guard, you know, like a lot of the goals that get over the knee, yeah. over his knee. Yep. And I'm tweaking my own knee, like it's kind of like when you're in fifty-fifty and you're trying to like sweep somebody. I'm yeah. tweaking my other knee. By tweaking, know? was it going in and out? It's going to the side, like if you could imagine, like your arm, it's going like outward. Oh, gotcha. You know? Yeah. So it's just uh, yeah. a little bit of a scary feeling for me. Yeah. So uh, I ended up losing the match by one advantage, and like I just never opened up. I thought I was going to sweep him, and I and he did a great job of just being um like really good about the position. Yeah. After the tournament, 
Vanessa, we go we go on vacation. Vanessa's pregnant, and we're on the right when we're coming home. Like she, her water breaks like the day. So Whoa. we go to have the kid. Well, that's pull, what pull, pull the mic up just a little bit when you move back. You can move back. Just pull yeah. the mic with you. Sorry about that. Yeah. Go ahead. So we go to have. So she was pregnant, and yeah. we're gonna have our first child. And I'm like, I should get my knee looked at now because I'm probably gonna need some time off of jujitsu. So perfect timing. Yeah. So uh, I get the MRIs and. I was, maybe it was even like six months later or whatever. I get an MRI, but I get them on both my knees because they're I believe both pretty messed up. And yeah. so the guy's like, you have an ACL and an MCL tear in both your knees. And we don't know how bad the one in the left is, but the one on the right is like shredded. Whoa. You need to come in. And he was like, I don't know how you've been walking. And at that point, I was already walking okay. I was like, you know, my knees feel good again. <laughs> yeah. But they were like that. My knees are so up and down where like yeah. they could be great one week and then the next week, like they're not. So mm. I go into, I'm like, you know, what? we're going to do both surgeries. We're going to do one first because earlier, 10 years back, sorry, I forgot this. 10 years back, I did have two surgeries on both my knees when I was a blue belt. I had a meniscus removal in both my knees. Yeah. So yeah. Just, just a scope. small one. Yeah. yeah. So this time I'm going to do it again, but I wanted to do them separate because last time I did them at the same time and that sucked. That There's really, only like yeah. a week of really bad pain, but that was horrible. So yeah. I do the ACL. Um, No big deal. Everyone tells me it's going to hurt. I get home and about 10 days after the surgery... I'm starting to feel good. Like I'm walking already. I'm like, man, I'm already gonna, I'm gonna be fine, you know. And yeah. then I swear, like that night, like my knee is just hurting again, like nothing. And I call Vanessa like three in the morning. She works at the hospital overnights. Mm. I was like, babe, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. Um, like my knee doesn't feel the same as it did yesterday. The pain is different, way yeah. worse than ever. So she knows that I'm pretty tough. I usually just ignore injuries. So the yeah. next day, she takes me into um, my my knee specialist. And he, the surgeon wasn't in, so I'm seeing the assistant. And the assistant is telling me that I'm being stubborn. He's trying to bend my knee. Mm. He's like, stop stiffing up your knee. Let me bend your knee so I can. He's like, you just had an ACL surgery. It's supposed to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's swollen. Yeah. It's, and I'm just like, it's not. It's more swollen than it was two days ago. Yeah. It hurts way worse. He sent me home. So I get to the car. Vanessa's like, get back in there. Because <laughs> it was during COVID, actually. Yeah. She's like, you're not going to you're not gonna go home without this being checked. So they uh, take they ended up like taking a, a sample and they ended up taking like four syringes full. Holy yeah. Just crap. so much. Just fluid. He, he, you could see his face. Like he knew like something's wrong. So yeah. they sent me home. They call me back like hours later, or maybe the next day. Like you need to come into the hospital. You have a staph infection oh. you know? in the surgery, yeah, in from, the surgically repaired the, knee. Yeah. In the surgery, in the knee, you yeah. know? So, uh, I go back into the hospital and they, they put me in a surgery the same day. Like, they opened my knee back up, and I believe they, they put, like, all these uh, antibiotic beads all throughout my knee and my mm. leg and my calf. Mm. And uh, it wasn't doing that good of a job, I guess. So, like, that was, like, maybe eight or eight or nine days of waiting for that or a couple days of waiting for that to heal. I forget now because I was on so much medication at the time. Yeah. And then they bring me in for a second. They do something else to try to, you know, fix it. And then finally, like... It's been like 10 days already, and the uh, staph infection was now spreading to my heart. Oh, so um, I had a pick line in my arm yeah. where they were injecting medicine from my arm directly into my heart to fight the infection. Wow. And somehow that gave me the staph infection on my heart valves or in my heart or, you know, whatever the medical term was for it. So now, like, now my heart's an issue. Um, I've become septic, so my oh organs my are God. failing. Like, my skin turned green. I lost, I don't know how much weight I lost, but I think I lost, like, 30. I was, like, 135 pounds. I could make light feather easy, you know, and I'm, like, 162 <laughs> right now. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, like, they decide they're going to take the surgery out, right? And the whole time, the worst part about this is, like, there's every morning doctors come in, 
and they're like having a meeting over me. No one's talking to me. They're, they're talking whisper- about you. Yeah, they're whispering. Yeah. They're yeah. writing on the board, and I'm like, I'm asking questions, and they're not giving me answers. Like I remember one time, I was like, Am I gonna lose my knee? And he's like, uh, probably not. On my leg, you know, prob- oh my probably God. not. But the way he said it, I was like. This is really happening right now. And then, like, I started thinking they're going to kill me. You know, I'm going to die in here. Yeah. So, anyways, they take the uh, ACL out. Um, I'm in the hospital, and they're still fighting the infection because the infection's all throughout my knee, and it's now in my blood uh, blood vein, so it's spreading through my whole body. So, I'm thinking, I swear I'm thinking they're going to kill me. Vanessa's coming, and it's during COVID, so I had no visitors. Mm. It's by myself all day. Wow. And I remember bringing my PlayStation. I didn't play it one time. Wow. Like, Whatever the time, I forget how many days because it was such a crazy time, like a couple weeks that I was in. Finally, they send me home, and they have, like, me set up to have a nurse come to my house twice a day to take care of me. And, like, two, like a day or two later, maybe hours later, they called me, like, you need to come right back in. So we just got more blood results. It's really bad. Holy shit. So I'm back in the hospital again, by myself again. My son's birthday, he just turned, he just turned two, so, or just turned one. Um, and it was just crazy, you know, like the whole time. So then finally, like I get home again and I'm now I'm injecting blood into uh, medicine into my own shoulder. I have a pick line from my shoulder to my heart, you know, and I got to do it like three times a day. It's painful. You're doing it yourself? Doing it myself. At some, they taught you how to do it yourself. Yeah. And I'm still feeling like this is not going to work, you know, yeah. who knows if it's going to work. And, you know, so the whole time, like, like my mom came out and, uh, the whole time you're just laying there, like I'm, I'm in so much pain, by the way, I didn't sleep for 30 days. Oh they God. get hurt worse than anything. I, and I'm pretty, pretty tough. So. Yeah. Anyways, 30 days or so goes by and, uh, they're like, you know, in six months, you're going to have to come back in and do it again. And as soon as it, like the swelling went away, I started to feel better already besides my stomach. Cause I had yeah. so much antibiotics. Yeah. I was sick for like eight months you yeah know? i felt like i was really sick for a long time yeah and you're probably injecting antibiotics so often that it doesn't matter how much you eat it's not yeah. going to get processed i didn't yet. even want to eat any food yeah. they were yeah. like i swear <laughs> in the hospital i was probably losing weight because they would bring me a plate and i would just look at it and be like i'm not eating that and then like five hours later they come back with a new plate they would just take the old one and set the new one down no. and nobody would be like hey you need to eat you need, yeah nobody was telling me you need to eat like nobody yeah. even cared about me yeah and even at home luckily vanessa, vanessa was like you're going to eat this. You're going to eat this. I'll make you a shake. You know, like she took such good care of me. Yeah. She did a great job. But um, once the swelling went down, my knee started feeling better. And I just started walking on it. And I was like, because they, they gave me a cane. They're like, you're never going to walk again without the surgery. You're not going to ever walk normal again. And I tried the cane for like a day. And I was like, this sucks. So I got crutches. I like, this sucks. I hate crutches. You yeah. know? So I just yeah. started walking on it. And I was like so used to walking on an unstable knee for the last <laughs> decade. That it was weird. I was like, man, it's um, doesn't it's not so bad. It just feels like I hurt my knee in training. You I know, won- that's how it feels. I wonder if you like your muscles just kind of strengthened around that knee because it was so yeah. unstable and you just had to. So the surgeon's explanation, which he was, I felt like he was like joking way too much with me. I was so mad at him after the whole thing. Like he was, <laughs> he was like, good thing is you have so much scar tissue in there. It's probably just gonna hold your knee together. And like, Fuck. maybe he was right, but I kind of held on to that, and I was like, I'm just gonna believe that. Yeah, whatever he's, I'm just gonna believe that. Yeah. Right. And then um, Greg McCarthy from um, from uh, physical what's his, what's control physical therapy. Control physical Greg McClarty, my my buddy. McClarty, Episode seven. If you guys yeah. are wondering who he is, man, awesome guy. So yeah. he uh, messaged <clears throat> me and he sent me an article about like some doctors that were doing research thinking that some people, certain people, like a small percentage, people don't really need their ACL the same way everybody else does. Mm. And again, I didn't really look into it. I didn't even read much of it because it was a long, I was just like, boom, I believe that. You yeah, know? yeah. So if I would have done the ACL surgery and done the full recovery, it would have been about nine months before mm. I came back. Mm. 
I would say a month after the swelling went down, I just went back to training. No shit. No ACL. And my no uh, no meniscus, no lateral meniscus, no medial meniscus, no ACL, and I don't even know if my MCL is torn on this knee or not. I, I don't even know because I didn't ask any questions because I was in such pain. Again, my left <clears throat> knee, I was supposed to get my left ACL at least looked at, or they were supposed to go in and do whatever. But I was like, never again am I going to ever do a surgery again in my life. Wow. You know, I was just if if something happens, I won't do it unless I'm unless it's like dire knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never do it again. So I just started training and. Man, I don't know. Like within six months, I was like pretty much training full speed with wow. a lot of doubts. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know? Like of I course, didn't trust yeah. it, but I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna do this every day. And yeah, are you able to? Are you able to stand up and 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 um and hold your your balance when yeah, somebody trying to off balance you? Okay. I feel I am, but I'm afraid of it. Yeah. You know? So like, I like to wrestle, but I don't like to wrestle when I'm like. If, it, if my first attempt doesn't work or something, then I feel like I'm, I'm just in putting myself in a lot of danger, you yeah. know, like with, with my right knee, so unstable. Well, it feels good. But my you can't tear your, your ACL. Yeah. I can't tear my, that's what I tell people. <laughs> like, I can't tear my ACL. So, but now they're like, their worry is my, my meniscus. Yeah. Little, apparently I have like 10% meniscus on my medial side and some of my lateral side. So they're worried more about my meniscus, but I'm like, dude, that's pretty much gone too. So yeah. I just try to always tell myself like, you're going to be fine. You're gonna yeah. Be fine. You're, you're yeah. Fine. So now I'm training full speed and and I don't um I don't think about it as much and really like this last two years has been probably the most consistent training I've had in the last ten years. Wow. Okay. My, my knee feels better than ever. Wow. You know? So like I don't feel as explosive and I feel like I have a little doubt in my mind, but my knee feels great. Like I've been yeah. pretty lucky with the way it's turned out. And my left knee, I just never look back, and I never I just don't think about it anymore. And I'm like, your knee's fine. I don't even do like the physical therapy anymore because that kind of puts my mind in this place where I'm thinking about don't hurt yourself. Don't, I don't wear oh, braces or anything. Gotcha. I just try to, I just try to change my game a little bit, yeah. you know, to adapt to stuff that will keep me safe. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't do that either, man. I don't wear braces. I don't tape up. Yeah. I, I feel like when I wear a brace, it hurt, it hurts more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and that compression, I guess. I don't know. Compression does. Yeah. And it also thinks it gives you like this false sense of security. Like, Oh, yeah. I can put my leg here. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I got a brace on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious where that, I mean, where, where that toughness comes from because, um, I, I, okay. So for people who don't know, um, you were my first morning coach. You were my first basically coach, right? I trained mornings with you. I trained evenings with Paul. Crazy, huh? Yeah, crazy. What belt was that back then? For you, purple. Purple. You started yeah. You started teaching and your purple was all fucked up. So you've been <laughs> a purple for a little while, right? My purple was fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So, um. So you started coaching uh, our, our our morning guys and then, you know, coaching us at tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. So we, we got to know each other really well. Yeah. Um, and for people who don't know, you played on a very successful high school football team mm -hmm. for a couple of years. I mean, can you talk about that a little bit? So really like high school, I mean, pop all the way through Pop Warner, like football was like my first, still is my first love. Like yeah. I, I watch football just as much as I watch jujitsu or any, like even basketball and baseball now. Yeah. But, um, I played from probably the age of six, and like you said, the toughness, where did it come from? Like, I remember my dad telling me after practice, like, you don't have any blood on your pants. Uh, you're, you didn't train that hard. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Him watching us run sprints, I'm like, you come in, if you're going to come in last, you're going to hear about it. Like, you're yeah. not going to come in last at the sprints at the end of the day. Yeah. So, and even hitting drills, like, if I was doing hitting drills, I remember, like, in Pop Warner, the coaches weren't that good. So sometimes they would just have us do hitting drills all day. And like mm. I would always get matched up with the biggest guy. And I can remember my shoulder being dead. Like I had the worst stinger. And I would, they would be like, go Rodriguez. And there was this dude named Jimmy Rogers. Rodriguez, Jimmy, again. 
And just because the team was watching, I was like, I can't back down. So right. we would just basically back up and run into each other full oh speed <laughs> all the time. And so when I got into <clears throat> high school, like my freshman year, uh, I had a had a good freshman year. I think I had like eight or nine interceptions. And I remember telling people, they would always ask, like, man, how do I get good at football? I'm like, dude, if you can't run into a wall, you're not going to get good at football. Yeah. You know, if you can't run full speed into somebody, it's going to be hard. Unless yeah. you're like super blessed with with some kind of uh, physical gifts, yeah, it's a tough sport. So, yeah. so yeah, I played um, for Hamilton. Um, I got pulled up to varsity as a sophomore, but then like that's when I felt like I started hitting a lot of walls because mm. I was I was this size when I was in junior high. Okay, like when I was eighth grade, I was my same size. So now. you were like, pretty. One the, you were one of the bigger kids. I was then. one of the bigger yeah. kids, but at Hamilton, man, the year that I graduated or the year the year my junior year maybe we had eighteen division one. Oh players, my gosh! Like, so if anybody knows the story about Hamilton football, yeah, from like the two thousand ish year, maybe ninety nine to like two thousand twelve, yeah, they were just insane. And Chandler High has taken over, and like some other, like uh, Saguaro and some other schools, yeah. But um, Hamilton was insane. Like just everybody has a chance to go to the NFL here. Wow! So I remember hitting walls and like coaches moving me around from safety to linebacker. Coaches, uh, we had mean coaches. Football is so different than jujitsu. Like, yeah. You mess up, you're gonna hear about it, and yeah. they'd be like, "What are you afraid? Are you afraid?" You know, <laughs> and uh, it's it plays in your head. So I kind of like that really changed the the my my football career. The last two years, like everybody's so good, I'm just a regular guy, you know, like I'm not a star anymore. Yeah, and it just I I just knew like I'm not gonna play football. This is not my path, you know. Yeah. When, Bef- like freshman year, my mom was like, "What's your plan B?" It's like, "I'm there's no plan B. Yeah. I'm gonna play sports. You know, yeah. like I, I'm gonna figure out a way to play football. And if I don't play football, I'm gonna do something else." But I really lost my love of the sport. You know, as a senior, like um, I had one defensive coordinator, my coach uh, Manny Palmeras. If you're listening, Manny, you were you were a jerk, <laughs> but but you were tough. This guy was so hard on me, man. Like he would just like it killed my confidence so much. I remember like I was in a um, sled drill. And I was matched up with this guy, Adam Vincent. He's just a monster linebacker. He's like 6'3", 230, and there's a sled. You both push the sled at the same time. Well, he's so much bigger than me. The sled's just going in circles. <laughs> and he's yelling at me. He's like, are you too weak? Oh. Are you too weak? You like, He's just yeah, just this mean coach. That's how coaches were, you know. But yeah. it kind of killed my love for the sport. Yeah. And um, I remember when, when the season was ending, Coach Wren, who uh, they named the field after him. He's a famous coach in Arizona. He's yeah. retired now. But um. He's like, man, if you want to play, you can play somewhere. We'll find you somewhere to go to college. Because he did this with a lot of people, even if you're not going to actually play. Like, yeah. We'll send you to South Dakota State, you know. Who cares? Somewhere. Yeah. And we'll just get you in a program. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not playing anywhere. I'm done with football. You know, wow. I was just so done with Because I did it my whole life. <clears throat> yeah. In, in Arizona, it's so hot. It's just hard. You know, yeah. it's hard on your body. And I remember wrestling coaches are like, hey, you should come wrestle. Come wrestle. And I was like, dude, football was just ended like two days ago, <laughs> and it was so hard. And I'm not. I heard wrestling's harder. Yeah, I'm not. So I didn't know what I was gonna do. Football, right. high school ended, um, and this is kind of how jujitsu started. Like I moved to Florida to go to college. My brother was going to Florida State, and I went to Tallahassee. I just was like, I just want to get out of here. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Why I'm even going to school? So I went out there for a year, and um, Katrina hit. <clears throat> And then I kind of used that as my excuse to get out of Florida. I was like, I'm going to go back to Arizona. <laughs> my dad was yeah. living in Hawaii at the time. He moved to Hawaii when I moved to Florida. So uh, I moved back here, and I was just, like, doing nothing. And I was watching a lot of UFC, and I remember calling 
uh, Chris Lopez's school. Yeah, and Chris. Yeah, yeah out of uh, cheese, out of Chandler, out I think. Chandler, right? Yeah, yeah. Christopher Lopez, one of the best instructors in the state. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, and I remember calling, and he answered, and I was like, ah, I want to do MMA, and they had a small MMA program. They still do a great starters program. Like, there's not like fighters out of it, but you'll learn how to fight there for sure. Yeah. And my first question was like, I'm 20 years old. I might be too old to start. Am I too old to start? <laughs> and he was laughing at me. You know? uh, that's great. So I get into his gym and he's an awesome coach. I had a, such a great time. I tried to bring all my friends in. Nobody lasted more than a day or two. Yeah. And like about a year in, I'm like, I want to fight. You know, I'm ready to fight. And he was like, you can't fight MMA under me until you have a blue belt. Okay. So I'm like, fine. Okay. That's yeah. fine. That's not, that's fair. So didn't know it was going to take three more years to get a blue belt because <laughs> he's pretty strict on promotions. Yeah. He's yeah. You're not going to wear a belt from him that you didn't earn. Right. And uh, I was also 20, 21. So I was like living two lives. Like I was trying to have fun and yeah. go out and be a young kid, but yeah. I was also trying to be professional and I was definitely not professional. Right. But, um, that's where I got into the sport. And, and I think like football is what made me so tough. So like in the beginning I wasn't very good, but I was pretty tough and, and fast. Yeah. So it, it helped me find my way through like the lower belts for sure. And, and being at someone like Lopez, he's, he's so technical and he keeps it so basic mm. is uh, it wasn't very hard for me to, to start winning tournaments in the beginning and, yeah. and doing well, just very unprofessionally with how I did it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're still trying to find your way and you know, we laugh about starting at 20 and that being too old. Yeah. Um, I think if you're looking at a career in jujitsu today, mm-hmm. I think you're behind the eight ball starting at 20. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's a bunch of children that came up through their kid system I, that I didn't realize that I, I didn't get my black belt until I was 29. Yeah. So like, I thought like 25, 26, I'll be because BJ Penn got his black belt in three years. You yeah. heard about that? You're yeah, like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna do that. And and you get into the gym, and I remember my first day in the gym, like people were closing their guard on me, and I was picking them up and like just slamming on the back on the floor. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> thinking, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna figure this out. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> but it just took so long. It was so hard, and there were so many like. Once you get to the top levels, like the pans, the world, yeah. the, um, you know, the Europeans and nationals, and you realize like, oh, I'm the best guy in the state, but there's there's nine or ten guys in this division that could beat me, you know, if I don't have my perfect yeah. round. So yeah. it was, man, it was a lot of fun. I, I miss those days. I miss like having um, having no responsibilities besides just training. Just, just training. Yeah. Yeah. Living in a, in a, a two-bedroom I mean, it's basically, it was basically a condo. Yeah, it was like a condo. Yeah, it was a little yeah. condo. We had a little backyard. Yeah, it was like so six, seven people in it. Right across the street. Right, right across the street, yeah. We had to run across a main road, <laughs> like six-lane main road just to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, dude. I remember uh, hanging out at your place for a little bit. Um, we would do a competition training yeah. at GD and then yeah. come over. Uh, that was pretty wild. Yeah, so that was a couple years later. After yeah. The Lopez stuff. Yeah. So uh, tell me about coaching, man. What? How did How did you get started in coaching? Because I'll tell you how I got started, and it's your fault. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I when I was in my 20s, I just, I would quit a job just because I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, man, I did all these phone jobs, you know, telemarketing and collections and just like they're, they, the sounds great. They're gonna pay you like let's say back in the two thousand, like fifteen dollars an hour. It was great. It was like cool. I get all this money, but the job sucked. You yeah. Know? And I, I finally got a good job um, working in a chemical warehouse. It was called Rinchem. Uh, I was worked in a clean room. Like okay. I was getting paid pretty good money. I think I had got a raise, like twenty two dollars an hour or something okay. like. And this is like two thousand ten or I don't know the year it was, but I was purple belt. Is that, yeah. is that off of Chandler Boulevard? Yes, yeah, off Chandler Boulevard, I know the just place. past the 10. I know the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. All right, it's yeah. like a super hazardous chemical yeah, warehouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? And um, 
great job, great career. Like I thought that was gonna be my career. Okay. And I'd already moved up a couple times. So I anyways, Nava's gym has an opening and he's I was training with Nava all the time. We were hanging out after all the tournaments and yeah. we were just good friends. Yeah. Still one of my one of my best friends in jujitsu. Yeah. And uh he's like, Hey, you wanna teach? I got a morning class open. And I was like, What does it pay? He's like $150 a week. And so, like, I finally worked my way up to, like, I don't know what I was getting. But let's say I was getting paid, like, $1,500 every two weeks. You right. Know? Yeah. For me, that was like, ah, dude, I'm making, like, three grand a month, you know, like, or four <laughs> right. grand a month. I'm like, yeah. And then I thought about it, and I was like, I can, I can make it work if I do a private lesson yeah. here. Yeah. And I swear, like, I went from making all this money to making, like, $600 a month, you know. And I think my rent. <laughs> so was, you quit ring cam to quit? Teach? To teach. All right. So I, t- I taught I taught for, I did both for like four months. Okay. So what I would do, it was crazy. I would have, a, um, I think the class was like at 10 or 11, but mm-hmm. I started at six. So I would tell my boss like, hey, for the next few months, I need to have um, lunch at 10 because I have to go do some some stuff for my family, whatever I was right. making up, whatever lie I was telling yeah. them. Yeah. And I would be like, I, my lunch is an hour, but I'm going to be about an hour and a half every day, you know, because I need to do these whatever errands I got to run. But it was always like cutting it too close, cutting yeah. it too close. Yeah. And I was like. It sucks going back to work. I'm all sweaty. There was yeah. no shower at Nava's. Yeah. And at some point, I was just like, dude, if you want to do this, you're going to win. I, I thought you're going to win a world title anyways. Right. Before you know it. So right. just 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 quit your job and do it the right way. And I, I thought, like, I could just go back if I wanted to, you know, if yeah. I ever if I ever had the opportunity or if I ever quit jujitsu. And, man, my belief that something was going to happen was so strong. And it didn't work out the way that I thought, but it worked out pretty great, yeah, you know, for yeah. me. And I was teaching, yeah, $150 a week. I don't know how many classes, maybe three classes a week. Yeah. And just from there, I started building and building. And maybe, maybe like by year two or three, I was making a couple hundred dollars a week. Yeah. And now I'm teaching like 18 classes a week to wow. where I'm turning classes down. <clears throat> I'm taking classes like... Every dollar I've made for the past decade or so has been from jujitsu. Wow! So I, I don't think I've um, I don't think I made a mistake at all. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Definitely not rich. Right. But but I feel I feel like content with where I'm yeah, at. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah. I I mean I I quit my corporate job to do jujitsu full time. So I I totally feel you. I mean it's not you know there's not a ton of money in it, but it's I wouldn't have it any other way. But there is money if you want it. Oh, yeah. You know? There's like, money out there. I yeah. don't want it like everybody else does because right. I don't want to <laughs> sell myself out. Like, I yeah. want to love jujitsu for what it is. Yeah. I don't want to be the uh, I don't want to be the guy that's, like, bending over backwards, left and right to make everything happen. Like, man, I love my... Like, I have two young kids. Yeah. I'm at home. I bring them to me or to work with me every day, twice a day. Nice. You know, they spend five hours or so at the gym every day. Yeah. My wife goes to work. She leaves by, by 6 a.m. So, like, I wake the kids up. I take them to the gym. I take them home from the gym. I try to give them a nap. We play in the pool all day. I take them back to the gym with me. Um, and then my wife shows up to, to train with. My son trains at 4.30. I watch him train. My wife shows up at 5.30. She trains. She takes the kids home at 7. Then I teach from 7 till about 8.30. Okay. So it's like a full day. but. Yeah. Like it's a it's a fun day. I pretty much enjoy it. Sometimes I can't stand missing sporting events. That's my yeah. big thing. Like, yeah. But uh, but man, it's a it's a it's a nice, busy enough lifestyle for me that I don't I couldn't imagine trying to do more to chase money. Yeah, that's cool, man. Now when you were um when you were over at Navas, you you were uh, coaching the kids program yeah. as well, and um I remember it was um, I think Wednesday was Nogi, and I'd help you out on Wednesdays. Oh, I'd help you on Wednesdays, yeah. and then. You you said, I can't 
something was happening at the school you're going to on Wednesdays where you couldn't you couldn't teach on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So Nava Nava asked me if I would teach mm-hmm. one day. I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah, sure. And then uh, I was a blue belt at the time. <clears throat> and then um, and then you left to take another job. Mm-hmm. Like another opportunity came up. And then Nava's like, hey, you want to be the kids coach? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so then I start teaching kids. Yeah. And then I started, um, you know, that, that went pretty well. And then I took a job, like I switched jobs. And the, the new job was like very, very like, I don't know, the guy was just different, right? It wasn't, he was, the, there was a scheduling conflict, right? And um, I went to Nava and I said, hey, man, I can't um, teach the kids. I'm sorry, but. You know, and, and he kind of lit up. He's like, yeah. perfect. He goes, I need somebody for the morning. He goes, I'll take the kids and you take the morning. I'm like, perfect. Right. Perfect. So I ended up being yeah. the 6 a.m. Uh, coach I where I started. Been, you had like a huge following back then. Yeah. Right? No, it was great. You were like man. the first huge 6 a.m. class. Because I remember when I started teaching 6 a.m. at Lopez, I was probably a blue belt or something. Wow. And Gustavo was there the night before the first class. And he was like, yeah, people will come for a month, about a month and then they'll stop showing up. <laughs> I was like, well, he's like, nobody wants to train to 6 a.m. No, <laughs> he's not wrong. And he yeah. was so right because we lasted a little while. Even me, I was like, I'm not enjoying this if no one's showing up. So I'm like, yeah. I remember your 6 a.m. class. That was yeah. cool. And now there's a ton of them. Yeah. So everyone does It's taking off, man. Yeah. Uh, my my current instructor, a guy named uh, D. He, he took over, uh, he's a brown belt. He took over my uh, 6 a.m. class at the at the academy, yeah. and he's grown it. Like, I would get, like, yeah, a pretty steady 10 to 15, you know, pretty steady. Eight was small, mm-hmm. you know. Now he's getting, like, if he doesn't get 15, he's like, where the yeah. hell is everybody? Yeah. You know, so. And I know GD has a really good yeah. 6 a.m. program as well. Program too. And I, I wish I could go. I, would, I, I used to teach a lot of 6 a.m. classes. But now, now that um my wife used to work weekends, mm-hmm. which gave me all week to train all day. Yeah. You know? It was good, but we never saw each other. I worked Monday through Friday, and she worked Friday through Sunday. Oh, so we yeah. never saw each other. It yeah. was just like it worked out for the kids and for teaching and everything, but uh, it, it was tough. So now that, that um, she works weekdays, I can't teach 6 a.m.s anymore, and I miss those classes. I miss the students. Yeah. But I get more time on the weekends with her, so... One of these days, when the kids are a little older, I'll be able. To, I'm gonna wake them up and be like, "You guys are going." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, I think you. I think you've exposed them to that to that environment enough that they'll just they'll just adjust. You know, yeah. it's just be another time. They already so. have adjusted, like yeah. for, to everything else. Like they ask me every day, "Are we going to jujitsu today?" Oh. You know, and I, I tell them on Sunday, like we don't go. We're not going on Sundays. He's like, "Yes, we do. <laughs> we went last Sunday," and I'm like, "No, we didn't." He's like, "We go every Sunday." Oh my gosh! But they go there because you know, like we don't have um. They have, he's four. We haven't started him any. Um, we we did we did like some preschool stuff for a little while, but it was just so expensive. It was yeah, crazy. dude, it's like, crazy. Yeah, we're paying like three hundred dollars a week for for him alone. Yeah. So yeah. I just started bringing them to the gym, and now there's other kids at the gym. So like that's kind of like their their little school. Yeah, you know? they learn yeah. everything at the gym. Yeah, they socialize there. They, socialize they do all there. that. Yeah. that's cool, man. He does classes now. So yeah. So tell tell me about the classes that you're teaching. Are you focused on gi, no gi? Is it anything? Is it both? What are you doing? I do both. Okay. Um, I teach. So right now I'm only teaching two no gi classes a week because of my schedule change. Mm. But I used to we used to have no gi. Uh, I used to teach no gi every single day. Oh, uh, I taught okay. no gi every day and gi every day. Wow. I'm, like I'm really big that um, I really feel if you really are a true. I don't want to say martial artist because I'm not really like the spiritual type, but like if you're a true grappler yeah. and you can't do both or any rule set, you have holes in your game. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I don't always, like Nogi, for example, I don't I don't go to fight to win and say, hey, I want to fight Nogi because I've been training most of my life in the Gi. Yeah. But I just don't say no. Right. You know, like, yeah. I, they're like, hey, you want this match, Nogi? 
you know, adult division or no, whatever rules, 10 minute or whatever the rule says. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do yeah. that. I don't like EBI, for example. I feel like that's the rules that I, do, I dislike the most because I see guys that uh, they hide in the match to get to the overtime. Yeah, of course. Then you're good at escaping. But I would never say no. If somebody's right. like, hey, you want. I might say no to combat jujitsu. I don't know if I want to get slapped. <laughs> I think the older I get. Piss me off. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, I used to like do MMA and stuff like that when yeah. I was younger. But like I haven't been punched in the face in so long. I don't know what it's like anymore. So I don't, <laughs> yeah. don't want to do that. I wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I teach gi and no gi, and uh, I teach beginners, and I teach advanced. Okay. And I don't teach kids anymore, but I've been getting the um, the urge to do it again. Yeah. I feel like I, when I was younger, I was so into, like, competition, competition, competition. Mm, you know, yeah. Like everything's got to be hard. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to conform to my style of teaching. Yeah. And, um, man, after my knee surgery, everything changed so much that, like, my game changed. Like, I never liked to pass the guard when I was older, when I was a younger belt. Like, I remember matches where, like, uh, G, Gustavo, was I call him G, he'd be looking at me in the middle of a match. Like, he's like, go, 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 sweep. And I'd be like, nope, not until the last 30 seconds. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be on top for too long. Yeah, you know? If I went yeah. on top for too long, I have to pass. Right. And after my knee surgeries, I was afraid to have my leg. When I was on bottom, when people grab your pants, they could twist your legs a lot, you know? Yeah. And, like, I just didn't feel comfortable <laughs> Oh, with that, I get it, you yeah. You know, like, they're trying to Toriundo, and yep. I'm trying to fight back. So I started you gotta passing. You got to pummel your feet and yeah, do all that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I started passing more, and... I just love passing the guard, and it gave me appreciation for the um, the older guys that play on their knees mm-hmm. and play half guard. Mm-hmm. First, I love, I love, I try to always get to, I try to make every guard a half guard pass. Like if someone's in spider guard, yeah. I try to get to their knee shield. Yeah, to get to that's where I want to start my passing sequence from. So yeah. obviously, it might start from somewhere else, but I try to get to there. But then you end up in a lot of positions that everybody can do. Like, mm. let's say I have a cross face and I'm trying to, or I get flat half, right? And he's got my knee line and he's looking for the underhook and I'm trying to block the underhook. Yeah. That's a position that like masters divisions, younger people, middle, everybody has to play these positions, yeah. you know? So yeah. it just taught me how to appreciate um, different styles of jujitsu. And I don't know if my, if my game looks anything like it did. I mean, I know like some days I play a lot of the Pelgar in the gym because people ask me to. Yeah. But if you watch me in the gym, I, I usually like I look for the easy sweep to get on top, yep. and then I try to pressure pass. Yeah, you know, and I enjoy it. And I, I um, it just changed the way that I teach now. So now, like, I'm so open to teaching different styles. I I study a lot, but I don't study the way I used to. How I, so? Um, so I, I used to break down a lot of um, like uh, what do you what do you call them? Like BJJ fanatics, mm-hmm. you know, like people's videos they put out. Yeah. And I, I like that, but I feel like when I hear something in one person's voice, I have to think that way, and me and that person might not think the same way. So I like uh. to just watch videos of competitors <clears throat> doing the same technique over and over, and I might change the technique, you know, because let's say I'm teaching, um, like, uh, a daily heave position to a featherweight, but I'm also teaching it to a master's 210-pound heavyweight. Gotcha. It's not the same. Yeah. You can't do it the same, you know? Right. So, like, I feel like yeah, I always tell my students, so if I teach something one way, I'm totally okay with you changing a grip, adjusting an mm. angle, switching it a little bit because yeah. we're not the same. We don't move the same. Yeah. So um, my teaching style, I think it fits uh, pretty much everything right now. So yeah. I teach nogi, I teach gi, and uh, I enjoy both of them. I might get burned out on one or the other here and there. Like if I have a bad week, <laughs> nogi. Yeah. So I, I, a couple weeks ago, I lost my no, a nogi match on Fight to Win. Uh, it was kind of a tough, tough match. And I, for like a week, I was like, oh, I'm, I like Gi better. You know, <laughs> you know I like Gi better yeah. this week. And, and then I, I'm, I'm, I got to teach Nogi anyways. You know, you have one good Nogi session. You're like, oh, okay, I like Nogi too. Yeah. I just 
whatever. Yeah. But then, but then like you watched the worlds last week and I thought the worlds was amazing. It was so, incredible. And uh, isn't I, it like a different level now? Yeah. It's a different level. One thing too, to, to talk about the gi no gi mm-hmm. debate. Yeah. I, first off, I think the no gi guys hate the gi and everybody knows that. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Yeah. But the hate on the gi from guys on flow, like, uh, Mike, uh, Pedic- Mike, Mike, um, whatever the guy, Mike Flo, whatever the guy that used to do the shows, the interview shows, he would always say, I'll never have a no-gi match on who's number one, you know? That, I think, got the gi guys to be like, we can't do 50-50 the way we used to play. Yeah. We got to look for submissions more. Yeah. There's got to be more jujitsu. Yeah. There's less stalling, you yeah. know? And if you watch this weekend, the 50-50 is, is not as... Gone. Is, is, it's like, it happens, but I can I can feel the energy of the people in the match, like, ah, oh, I don't want to be here. They yeah. all see me in this, in this position. I want to be exciting. Yeah. So, like... Even matches that were like close matches, an advantage, two advantages, nothing. It's like that match was awesome. Yeah, so much good jujitsu. And for anybody who can't appreciate one or the other, that uh, sucks, you know. Because like when I watch ADCC, I might be like, "This is the greatest event ever." Hundred percent. And then I watch Worlds, like, "This is the greatest event ever." You know? I, I think I think they both have their. I, I hate to call it charm, but they both have their draw. Yeah. Like I love the idea of. Um, so I, I I love a dynamic match. Uh, where you got guys with a, with a good wrestling background or badass jujitsu players, and I also love you know the interlocking fingers and one guy sits down. That's the technical, very chess matchy kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. Taking away the other person's str- strengths. That, mm-hmm. I'm all about that. Yeah. Um, but I also love rap. You know when people are wrapping each other up with their lapels, playing a, a bunch mm-hmm. of lapel guard. Um, not a fan of the 50 50. Yeah, I do one thing in 50 50. I get the hell out of 50 yeah. 50. And and not that it's boring. I just I I, I don't feel comfortable. There, right. 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 I, I feel the same. And, you know, it's um, interesting this weekend, Victor Hugo was talking about the 50-50, and he was saying how, like, it gets a bad rap because of the way people used it. Yeah. And that he thinks that he can revolutionize it. And I, I hope he can. Yeah. Because, like, I remember um, Hoffa Mendes and Cobrini, like, 2014 or so, Pans, I believe, and Hoffa had a back take from 50-50. It was so sick. You know? Yeah. And, uh, of course, like, there was a – for every – Cool thing. There was probably ten negative things that happened at the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, but now like the energy when you get stuck in fifty fifty is like okay, I could sweep, but I got to get out of here because nobody wants to see this. Nobody wants to see. And it. and somebody <laughs> might talk about somebody might post about like you know Marigali or Gordon or somebody one of those guys is gonna say something. Yeah, right? yeah. Like if you're a big name and they're if they see you that they're gonna call you out. They yeah. just people nowadays are way more open to to being controversial with social media. So yeah. like. I think that helped. Yeah. As much as it sucks to see all the negative back and forth between people, I think people are like, you know what, I got to be a little more exciting. Mm. And I think for the sport, like in the long run, I think it's great. I think the competition between the two sports is good. I think the the hatred between people, I don't like. Yeah. Like, I don't like that, like, some people don't like people because they do the gi or they have something to say about people who do no gi only. Yeah. I just think that um, we should appreciate both. 100%. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think... Uh, if I was younger and I could wrestle more with my, if my knees were better, I might even focus more on Nogi, you yeah. know, but I try to focus 50% on each thing. And, yeah. And, uh, I actually like, I just do whatever I want. Yeah. If I like Nogi, <laughs> I just train more Nogi. Yeah. You know, like if I'm not doing, if I'm not feeling good in the gi, I train m- more, or if I'm training, I'm not feeling good Nogi, I train more gi. And that's why like at the point of my life where I'm at, I don't have any pressure in matches anymore. Like I have pressure like sometimes when, because I, I just came back recently from the knee thing, and yeah. I kind of want to. It's like I feel like I missed about three or four years of uh, of being competitive and being yeah, being yeah. like at that 
at that top or top tier. Yeah. So like I pressure on myself to be good because I know I'm good. Like yeah. in the gym, there are days when I'm like, man, that was such a great day. I rolled with this person, did with, but there's pressure like that. But I never feel like you have to win. You right. Know? Right. I never feel that way anymore. Yeah. And it's it made jujitsu way easier actually. Yeah. I I had to make a decision. Like the only the only tournament I care about is Master Worlds. Yeah. That's the only one that that's the only one that matters. Yeah. Um. So I focus heavy on the gi. Because I had to kind of make a decision. So I'm training I'm training gi four days a week. I'm lifting three days a week. I barely have a recovery day, like barely. because yeah. and, and I'm working all the time, you know. So I had to really kind of sell out mm -hmm. and, and do that. But I think what I'm going to do is after Master Worlds, maybe shut down the gi unless I'm teaching mm -hmm. and start focusing on, on uh, no gi worlds. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So it kind of had my two seasons. Did you know? they change the um, heel hook rule for just Masters 1 still? Is it just, still it's just, just Masters, Masters one? 1, yeah. See, that that, cha that makes it a little easier. Yeah. Because like, a lot of times <clears> people don't want to jump in the no gi because you're like, you know, I'm not afraid of the heel hooks, but I, I don't want to be stuck in a bad spot where I don't realize how bad it is and right. get hurt. You know? Yeah. So, I think your your game will play great in Nogi, and I think, I think so. like when you start to ha learn hand fighting mm. stuff like that, like there's only a few things that I needed to learn before I was like, okay, I, I know Nogi. Now, I didn't know it, but like I learned how to hand fight a little bit, learn how to control people's underhooks and stuff yeah. like that. And Nogi Nogi is a. Uh, I think you're gonna you're gonna transition fine to Nogi as yeah. long as you just try to be yourself and don't try to change right. your game. <laughs> like I, I kind of yeah. hate when people go to Nogi and they're like all of a sudden this dude who was like great at this is like oh i'm a leg locker now yeah <laughs> it's like man uh, you don't have to be a leg locker yeah. to win to right. win you can be good at leg locks and not just abandon everything else right. you know so yeah. i think it'll be fun for you it'll be a good challenge yeah it, it will it will making that transition i'm kind of excited about it um but i'm 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 really i'm really happy that you that you said that about the uh, the relationship between the gi and the no gi and 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 really like i i i feel that if you're going to train jujitsu, you should be open, a little bit more open-minded. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, a funny thing happens. Um, a couple things happen. We'll, we'll, we'll just talk about coaching real quick. So I get the opportunity to coach kids every once in a while because um, I have a, you know, two young, you know, super, you know, active competitors, you know, mm -hmm. for, as coaches. So when they leave town, right. I kind of, right. I step in. And when I started coaching kids for Navas, and you tell me if this happened to you, I would ramp up. We, we competed a lot back in the day. So I would ramp up to a competition. Competition would happen, and I, it would either go well or not. But after, man, I'd just hit a slump. Like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to look at anybody. I, do, I certainly don't want to do jujitsu tomorrow. But I had to show up and coach on Monday. Yeah, you know, that helps. That helps a lot, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and the kids have this energy and they don't care whether you won or lost. I mean, maybe some of them do, but <laughs> they don't really care if you won or lost. They just, they're just, they're just glad you're back, Yeah, you know? Sure. And that gives you a lot of energy. Do you ever feel that? I just had that last week. Did you? So, so I had my fight to win a couple weeks ago. Sorry, a couple weeks ago. And, yeah. um, I knew we had, we had San Diego coming up to go coach. And like, I was talking to you before the podcast, uh, with my wife's schedule, I, I wasn't able to coach for a couple years on the weekends. Like mm -hmm. maybe I can sneak an hour in here because mm -hmm. I have two young kids at home. And now that she's uh, has weekends off, like I can make it work. So mm -hmm. we had San Diego after uh, after the fight to win. And then I had coaching in at Worlds, you know, small group of competitors. But I was like excited to coach. Yeah. So I'm not thinking about myself. You yeah. Know? Like even in the classes, like I'm not I'm not training as much. You know, so I I watch a lot of um like one of my biggest influencers has been the Mendez brothers yeah and I watch a lot of Guy Mendez like it was pretty cool because as when I was coming up I got to see them when they first got their black belt their first wow. world I saw every world title in person wow um 
and they coached against me a lot. I fought a lot of their students a ton, and it was really, I went to their seminar, I rolled with Hoffa, so I've always followed them, and I, I watch Gee a lot, and I see a lot of times, I don't know if this is how it's just it is in the video, or my my uh, how I think it is, but I feel like he's not training with his students as much when it comes to big tournaments, you know, because he wants to be able to be involved. Yeah. So I'm, I'm constantly watching more, and I'm not, I'm not training as for myself as much, you know, when there's a tournament yeah. coming up. Yeah. So then I get a little <laughs> bit like lazy with my diet, maybe. Yeah. Like I said, I have two young kids at home. There's always fruit snacks. <laughs> right. We always got some kind of juices, and yeah. like, and and I get home at eight thirty. The wife goes to bed by nine. And no one's there to tell me what to eat. And I'm the worst <laughs> at night. Like, I'll, I don't want to yeah. go to bed because I've been teaching all day. So I stay up till midnight, like, purposely. So I, okay. can, so I can just have some time to, to yeah. like, live regular life. Yeah, not yeah. Just, not just do jiu-jitsu. And so I just started feeling myself, like, getting a little out of shape already. Like, I think the older you get, I'm 36. I'll be 37 yeah. in a few months. Like, it doesn't take long. No, you're feeling it. Four yeah. days of eating bad. And, <clears throat> yeah. like, we went to California. You're drinking with mm -hmm. your friends. Mm -hmm. And you're... So then, like, I'm back at the gym, and I'm training hard. I'm doing good. And just um, two days ago, uh, one of my blue belts armbarred me. Because I was, and, like, I remember the round. <laughs> so in the round, the he's, like, a heavier guy, but he's a, I think he's a judo black belt or a judo brown belt. Okay. He's awesome. Yeah. He's a good wrestler. Yeah. Awesome younger kid. And uh, we roll, and the round starts off, and he times my pull. Like, he kicks my leg. And I was like, that's two. I'm like, oh, yeah, fine. Watch this. So I sweep him. Uh, I pass his guard, and then I mount him, right? Yeah. But then, like... I go for an arm bar, he comes up on top, and he has, like, a um, flat half or something. The round ends, and I'm stuck in flat half. Like, yeah. it was horrible. I remember yeah. thinking, like, I hate being stuck. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and we have, like, a minute and a half, and I'm I'm tired. I'm pretty tired. Like, I'm dead tired, but I'm still upset. Yeah. So it's like, how did that happen to me? So I'm like, Logan, we're going to go again. And he looks at me, and he's like, and then somebody else is asking me to roll, and I'm like, no, I'm going with Logan. Yeah. And <laughs> I knew I was just so tired, but I was yeah. like, screw it, I'm going <clears> to <throat> get him back. And yeah. However that round's going, like, I sweep him, and uh, I'm stacking him, and he starts, like, going for an arm bar, a little bit like a Kimura grip. Yeah. And I'm putting my knee on the back of his leg so he can't pressure, and I'm like, I just got to rip my arm out. So I stand up to rip my arm out, but when I took my knee off his leg, he arm barred me. Oh, nice. So I go home, and, uh, <laughs> and I was thinking about this podcast, and I was like, I got to get a haircut for the podcast. Yeah. But whenever, I, whenever I need to ramp up my jujitsu, I shave my head. Okay. I buzz my hair. Yeah. I shave it. I just buzz it. So, like, Vanessa's, I tell Vanessa, I buzz my hair. I tell her what happened. I'm like, I got armbar. <laughs> and uh, every time, anytime something like that happens, I go home and I tell her, it's like, blue belt passed my guard. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know if I messed up or if I was going too light. I don't know. Oh, so, uh, yeah, he armbarred me, and I was like, you got to wake up, Josh. You were getting into that little slump. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I tell people, like, sometimes a slump turns from a day to a week, from a week to a month. Yeah. And you're going to come out of it, but it happens, and it happens a lot. Yeah, you're going to come out of it 10 pounds heavier, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. for sure, like, for me, I uh, I like to live life and be fun as much as I like to do jiu-jitsu. So yeah. if I don't stay focused, like, in jiu-jitsu, I can lose my, like, I love sports. Man, I love sports. I love playing with my kids. and. I could lose my focus, and then, like, next thing you know, it's, like, been three or four days, and I haven't been training hard, and I'm, mm. I'm losing my edge a little bit. So I kind of remind myself, like, yeah. you're not that old yet, Josh, yeah. you know? Like yeah. you're And I still feel like I'm in my prime. Like, I, I think uh, maybe my knees might not agree with me, but I think I'm in my prime, and I, I try not to get into those slumps. And yeah. you know what helped is taking the pressure off myself. Before, like, when I was teaching, I started teaching a lot as a purple belt, and, like, by brown belt, I was teaching full class, like, all day long, you know, and by the end of the year with all the competitions, it's like, I don't want to train at all. Yeah. I remember world's camps, yeah. you know, where like, 
I, we would do our um, maybe like an 8, 9 a.m. training session, and then I had to teach at 10 a.m. with all the world's competitors in it, guys that are way better than me. Wow. You know, I'm a brown belt. I'm teaching class with these guys that are way better than me. It was insane, like, to think about it now. But, like, it was cool for them to tell me that I was doing all right. Like, I always asked, like, of course. Them, like, am I doing okay? Of course, yeah. They'd be like, dude, it's fine. They, I would get <clears> tips <throat> and stuff. Yeah. But I'd always burn out, you know, like, at some point, And I was like, hopefully it wasn't before the Worlds, you yeah. know. But I was cutting a lot of weight, too. I was like... I had to be 139, and I was always about 155, and Gustavo would always ask me, what's your weight? And I would, I would always lie, be like, 146. <laughs> and he'd be like, good, because I, I moved you to life heavy. And I'd be like, great, you know? Oh, shit. And I'd have to cut so much weight, but, like, you know, training with, like, Aaron Wilson and, like, Tyson, those guys cut so much weight all the time. Yeah. I would just do it. You know, you'd do it, and it would just take its toll, and by the end yeah. of the year, like, it would just... I I, th- I don't think they would like backfire big time, but I just didn't enjoy training. Yeah. You know? Do you encourage Do you encourage your young competitors to cut weight? Some of them. Some. Of I them? think some people. It depends on the person. Okay. You know, like, um, I have a student. His name's uh, Dylan Barrett. He's a uh, he's like as tall as me, but he makes rooster. Oh wow! I think it's crazy. Like I tell him, like, dude, you don't have to make that weight. But then again, he makes it. I'm like, you made it. <laughs> and you're okay like okay i guess you can yeah. do it you know but he's like he pays for a nutritionist i mm. never did any of this as a blue belt right pays for a nutritionist like he has a, a personal trainer and he hasn't like had the success that he wants to have yet but like man if i had that professionalism as a lower belt i think it would have went a long way you know so like looking back i i think um i could use something like that to to help my weight cuts and then there are guys like now if you see guys like i don't know like Orlando Sampson or mm. Andy Murasaki mm. or those are guys that I came up with. Like Orlando Sampson, we're on me and him were on a lot of podiums together as a lower belts, but we were at light feather at 140 wow. pounds. Yeah, and now he's fighting in the middleweight, <laughs> and he looks fine. He's yeah. like a shorter, shorter guy, but he's probably one of my favorite guys to watch and study. Yeah, and I, so sometimes I'm like, man, it's not for everybody. The weight cutting, and it depends on your style. Yeah, depends on um who is on your team. You know, and it depends on your toughness. Mm. Not everybody can do it, you know? Yeah. Like, if you can't mentally do it. Like I can tell usually by the second or third time I ask someone, if they're like, ah, oh, I'm thinking about it. I was like, ah. You're done. And for me, like, I was glad Gustavo kind of forced me to do it. Yeah. You know, because the first time I did it, I was a purple belt, and I was fighting featherweight, and I was always doing well, man. Like, I got to the, I'd always win, like, four fights of the Worlds, you know? Yeah. Imagine going, training so hard, you get to the Worlds, you win four fights, you're going to the fifth round. You're like, if I win this round, I'm in the medals. Yeah, medal rounds. Medal rounds. And you're yeah. sure, I was sure. I was like, I, I'm going to win. I'm, I'm on fire. Yeah. And then you lose, you know? <clears throat> so yeah. I finally, like Gustavo was like telling me to to try light feather. And I do the weight cut. And I had such, I had a lot of fun doing it. Because I was watching a lot of UFC at the time. I was watching a lot of the higher. I just acted like I was somebody else. Yeah. I acted like I was a pro fighter. Yeah. I would sometimes like, man, my first year of doing it, my diet was pretty um, crazy. I would, I would buy shredded chicken. From Costco, like the canned the cans, chicken. Yeah. I'd pour it on a plate and I'd put a little hot sauce and cheese on it. <laughs> that was it. Man, and maybe some rice. You yeah. Know? And then Orlando, once Orlando like <clears throat> came out, actually he was there, but he was, we were making our own food. Everybody, because we were all so broke. Yeah. Nobody would make food for everybody. Because right. like, I can't afford food for everybody. I just make whatever. Yeah. And, and then a lot of nights I would just be like, you know, just go to bed. You're hungry, but if you just go to bed, you're going to, that's good for you. You'll be fine. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember coming home from practice, like, Hungry, and I'd eat something, and I'd just go to sleep. Because if I stayed up, I was going to eat. Eat more, yeah. So, like, it was... And then when I got to That the was actually probably good for you to get yeah, all that it was sleep. Good for me. It yeah. Was, it was good for yeah. me. And I remember the night before the tournament, 
uh, Gustavo was, we're talking about the tournament and he's asking about the matches. So I was like, you know, gee, I haven't even thought about the tournament. I'm just trying to make weight. Yeah. And that was huge. Cause like, you know, like people look at the brackets, they start looking at it like, Oh, the third fights against this guy. Yeah. The second fights. Oh, I got to fight a Brazilian in the first round. Yeah. You know, back then there wasn't a ton of Brazilians in the States. So right. like you'd see a Brazilian in the first like, round. Holy and, shit. Yeah. So the weight cut like took all the pressure off. Yeah. And I, my first <clears throat> year at light feather, I made it to the quarterfinals. Probably the fourth fight, maybe. I think I might have had a buy at the fourth or fifth fight. Wow. And I'm fighting Wolf Barnado. And uh, he was a bigger name back then. He he runs a gym in uh, Northern California. I think it's Black Sheep Jiu-Jitsu. Cool guy. And uh, I was winning. And I could hear Faye Zhao. He's one of the best coaches. Uh, if you ever met him, he's just so loud. Like, he coaches um, the Sodre brothers. Uh, he's got a team in... Um, Club of Fejao in Brazil. Did he do your um, your Worlds Camp one? Yeah, yeah okay. You could hear him yelling. Yeah. In that I remember room. the video that came out. Yeah, he was uh, a yeah. booming I'll, voice. I'll talk about that Worlds Camp. Yeah. I'll bring that up. That was fun. <clears throat> yeah. But the match, he's yelling at me, just stay, Joshy. Just stay. Because oh. it was like 40 <laughs> seconds. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to win. And like, I felt great the whole match. Like, everything's going good. And he kicked me in the chest. I'm sitting. Imagine you're sitting in combat base. Mm. And I'm just stalling my ass off. I'm not yeah. even stalling. I'm sitting back. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. He kind of kicked me in the chest a little bit, and I just start kind of falling back. He grabs a single leg, comes up <gasps> on the single leg. I'm pushing the head. No. He gets to my, he turns. I turn, he gets like a body lock. He jumps on my back. I think actually I fell first. I get back up. I think the ref gave an advantage. Oh, shit. He jumps on my back, tries to get the hooks in or something, and then like somehow he got another advantage. He got two advantages in the last four, 30 seconds or whatever, and I lost. And I remember being in shock because Feja was, he's like, He's the best coach when it comes to like arguing with the refs, you know. Yeah. Like, he's just yelling at the ref in Portuguese, and they used to always tell me if you don't have a Brazilian coach, the refs are never going to listen. <laughs> they don't. I had a experience this weekend with it. If you're American, <clears throat> yell at the refs. I don't care. Yeah. He's yelling at the ref, and I'm like, are they going to change it? Did I win that? I lost. Yeah. And I lost, you know. And it's like all that weight cut for nothing. But then, like, I remember the that guy. He had an interview. He won the worlds. You know. Okay. He had an interview, and he was like. Toughest match was against me. You know, he said that. Right on. That motivated me. Like, you know, this is it. And and I remember um, G and Fei Zhao saying, like, I think we found your weight class. You know? Okay. It's going to be hard. Yeah. But if you're professional, you can. So yeah. I started getting, like, uh, I had, like, I had a meal sponsor. Like, uh, they'd bring me my meals. Oh, nice. I'd get 10 a week, like, two per day. Perfect. I wouldn't eat them, though. <laughs> I'd eat, like, like, three of them. I'd eat, like, three of them, and I'd be like, ugh. Uh, I remember the guy, I'd be like, yeah, it's not that good. He's like, it's not supposed to be good. You're just supposed to, you just eat, need the nutrients. Eat, 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 yes, yes. So, like, throughout it's the years. It's fuel. Like, yeah. yeah. Throughout the years, it got harder and harder. And once I knew I could make it, it got hard. Because then I knew I could cheat. Yeah. You cheat and you make it. And I, and I remember, like, one of the worst experiences ever. Uh, actually, first time was with you guys in, in New York. Remember New York? Yeah, dude, that was We awesome. had a great trip in New York. That was a great trip. But, like, uh, yeah, you were pissed that I first night. Remember how I was so mad at Paul. <laughs> Because <laughs> we're in the hotel and like I know I'm close, mm -hmm. you know I know it's it was always like I made it by point two every time. Yeah, and I know I'm close. I'm like we gotta go. He's like you don't fight till three. I'm like but we're we're in New Jersey. Like actually the night before we're going to the hotel and like I'm looking at the maps and I'm like Paul this says New Jersey. Yeah, he's like yeah New Jersey New York same thing. I was no like, it's not. I was like what I've never been in New York in my life. You we know? had to go across the George Washington <laughs> yeah. Bridge every day. Yeah, and then it what was a, it was like forty five minutes to the venue. Yeah. And we remember on the way, but the <clears> first <throat> day he we stop at a Whole Foods. Yeah, 
I'm like, we're stopping at a Whole Foods. <laughs> what are we doing? You know. And so we get to the, we finally get to the venue. I just run inside, and I remember like I'm running in circles. I can't even find the, I can't even get inside. Yeah. Then we're in New York. They gotta search your bag. Everywhere yeah. You go, they search your bag. Yeah. I run to the to the scale. Like if they're, I already call them my name. I run to the scale. I get on. I'm like point three over, point four oh, over, or something. Yeah, I remember that. So someone's like, go to the bathroom, go pee. I'm like, how am I gonna pee? He's like, take a sip of water. I took a sip of water. I went, actually I peed. Came back. I was the same weight. So like now I'm arguing with the Matt coordinator. I'm like, dude. This guy does not want a free win. I look at my competitor. I'm like, yeah. you don't want a free win. And he doesn't say nothing. I'm like, just say I'm good. It's a point, point two. Let me in. You know, let yeah. me in. I'm arguing. And they're like, boom, DQ'd. Oh. So I'm walking away. And then <clears throat> I remember someone's like, you didn't take your underwear off? I was like, <laughs> I would have done that. But I know it's illegal to do that, actually. But you can get away with it. Yeah. You can get away. I, I, I've known people to get away with it. I would have done it. Yeah. I would have yeah, done fuck it. Fuck yeah, you would have done it. Yeah. yeah. So the next day... Uh, I had signed up for <laughs> you Nogi. Didn't take your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so uh, real quick for people who don't know, um, we went to New York to do a tournament. This was I can't remember the year, 2016, 17, something like, something like that. Brown belt. I was a brown belt. Yeah. So, um, day one they do gi, and you've got to be if you're going to do gi, you've got to be basically what is it like um, about four pounds lower than the actual weight. Yeah. Well, the following day is Nogi, and you have to be lighter. Yeah. Than but, the day of gi, but. I knew because <clears throat> Nogi was like 136. Yeah. And I had to be 138 to make ghee. And I was like, man, I'm probably going to go out with the guys. Mm -hmm. the I'm like, I'm not going to not eat. Right. You know? Or maybe <laughs> even have a drink. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so I signed up for the weight class above. Yeah. It was that, like one. I didn't whatever, do that. That was stupid. You yeah. Know? That was stupid. Yeah. So I anyways, I remember I'm so upset. I get all the candy in the world. I remember that. <laughs> I eat all the candy in the world at my hotel, and I'm just oh like, how am I going to tell Gustavo I miss weight? Yeah. Oh, my God, I miss weight. How embarrassing. You yeah. know, I can miss weight. Who am I gonna, I'm not going to tell nobody. Right. And uh, the next day, I do nogi. And I don't know. This back then, there wasn't a lot of nogis. Probably no. my first nogi tournament of the year. Yeah. And I just knew I liked darts chokes. I did a lot of darts chokes yep, and stuff that. like that. And <clears> the <throat> first guy was a Marcelo Garcia guy, and he was ranked number one in the world. And uh, I was like, oh, great. Of course, to get Marcel. I'm going to miss way. Then I got to fight this guy. And I remember he shot a double leg and I darsed him like in. He fell asleep? Yeah, that was, no, that was the final. Oh, okay. The first guy, okay. he didn't fall asleep. <clears throat> the second fight, I had a tough fight. I don't remember how I won. I won back and forth. And then a uh, third fight was like the same. I had good darts and I put the guy to sleep. Yeah. And that was like my first major tournament as a brown belt that yeah. I won. Because I had one stuff coming up through all the belts, but brown belt was like, dude. These guys are all pretty much black belts. I yeah. was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to win if I keep losing mm. brown belt matches. You know, I was always winning matches, but I'd lose like in the final. Yeah. I lost to this kid, Edwin Najmi, all the time, by the way, all the time. And um, uh, so I finally got that W. And man, that was like, uh, that was pretty big for me to believe that I could win. So yeah, that yeah that that was my first time missing weight though. So going back to the weight thing, and uh, but I when I won the gi, it was like, okay, we're fine. I'll tell Gustavo what happened. He'll be right. okay because I won. Yeah. But I, as I went, I kept cutting weight, and at some point, really, after the knee surgery was when I stopped. Oh, really? I, I cut weight all the way through up until, like, 31 years old. Okay. And it just got harder and harder. I oh, missed yeah. weight one other time. Gustavo actually sent me to Chicago, so he paid for my trip. Wow. Because he was like, man, you need to keep competing, keep competing, and he sent me to Chicago, and I just remember, like, I think this is one of those times I was lying about my weight. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm almost there already. And <laughs> in the airport, I was so hungry. Like, I was having a hard time training. I was so hungry, and I was like, I saw one of those naked drinks. You know, like, oh, yeah. 
it was like the big green one. And yeah. I was like, it's green. It's got to be healthy. <laughs> so I drink the the biggest one and yeah. I get to Chicago. And when I get to my hotel, it's like midnight. It's snowing outside and I have no no scale and no bath. Oh, no. And there's a, there's a treadmill. So I go to the treadmill and I'm running and I can't sweat. Oh, no. I'm like, I'll just do it in the morning. Was it too cold in that room? I think I was just had nothing left in my body. Like, I had yeah. no... Sw- I've had that happen before. I don't know if yeah. you ever cut weight. Yeah, well, Sometimes yeah. you just, like, get to a point where it's hard to sweat. Yeah. That's where you need the hot bath. Yep. You know? But I had no hot bath. So I get to the tournament, <clears throat> and I remember Danny O.D., he now works with IBGGF, and Herlando were there, and and uh, they're like, just go run. And I'm running, and I'm wearing, like, extra geese. I'm running, and I, at some point, I kept checking the scale, and I just go sit down. Herlando's like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm still .7 over. I'm not wow. going to lose the weight. I'm yeah. trying all day. And uh, I had to call Gustavo, and he called me maybe. I don't know how it happened. It was the worst. Co- that was the time when I decided, like, I'll never miss weight again. Yeah. Because that conversation, if you're if you're a fighter or a grappler, you know, like, you're, your coach, you don't want to disappoint them. Yeah. You know? Or your parents or anybody, yeah. you know, like. You, like, I remember Orlando. It didn't bug me as much as him, but he was like, what do you mean you're not going to come weigh in? He's like, just come try. I was like, I'm not going down there. Yeah. You know? And that that was like a big wake-up call for me to, that like, maybe I don't need to cut weight or maybe I need to take it more serious. Like, either way, I'm going to have to make right. a decision. Yeah, that that's that's definitely a wake-up call for, for anybody. I mean, I've had, I've seen people who are like, people that I, I YouTube, like people that I, I don't want to say idolize, but I kind of follow them. Like I try to model them and I've seen them lose weight or, or, or cut, uh, miss weight. Yeah. And I'm like, it just happens. It happens. Yeah. It, it can happen. Yeah. And and I'm so scared of, of missing weight. I'll start cutting like two weeks early. Yeah. I just <laughs> throw it on sweats and getting I used smaller. To do the same thing. Yeah. I, yeah. Remember, I remember like cutting, <clears throat> sweating weight. And people are like, Josh, it's your, you're, when you're sweating, you're going to put that weight back on. You're, yeah. If you're just trying to, I'm like, yeah, but I'm burning calories. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like you said, like, you know, you choose to believe something that, that makes you feel better. Yeah. Like it, it, that's something that it's a placebo thing. I don't know what it is, but I just, if I'm sweating, I feel better about my weight. Yeah. Right. Sure. And, and that's just, just, just the way it yeah. is. I remember my dad telling me like I was, I think I was in between apartments or something. I was thinking my dad's before a big tournament, and he's like, what are you doing? You've been running all day. <laughs> You're doing sit- – it's like 9 o'clock at night. He comes out. I'm doing sit-ups in a sweatsuit. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I got to make weight. Yeah. He's like, you've been running all day. You're going to be fine. Because he grew up watching me play sports, like two hours of practice maybe, and then you go right. do a regular life. Yeah, kid, yeah, you know? so, yeah. But it was like train in the morning, run all day, train at night, you know, because by the time I was sure that I was going to win a world championship, yeah. Any day now, you yeah. know, so I'll do this work. I'll, yeah. I, I, I'll do the work, you know, yeah. but now like, man, I think, uh, I remember cutting weight sometimes. And after I would tell Gustavo, like, man, those guys are light feather. Maybe just as good as the guys a feather. It might be mm. the same. Might not make that much of a difference. Yeah. You know, I did feel the difference going to lightweight. Like yeah. from, from 54 to 168, I always felt like, man, 68 is too heavy for me. Yeah. I've always felt like I can play that game. You know, in the gym, but in a tournament when people have like nerves and anxiousness, like they're heavier. Yeah. So they're giving everything. So I had a hard time with that. But going down, I felt like sometimes like, man, these guys feel the same. Yeah. Some of these guys do, you know, you're bigger than some guys. But so I, I think it's important to be tough and to earn your, your, your spot mm-hmm. in the division. Mm-hmm. But like, it doesn't have to mean weight cutting. Yeah. It could mean weight cutting, but it's different for everybody. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> you know, one thing that people overlook as well, or they don't understand when you come from a jujitsu school, um, you may have a teammate that's the same weight Yeah. in the same division yeah. at the same tournament. And then it's decision time. Do you guys take two spots in the bracket or does somebody go up or down? Right. I had that happen. Yeah. Well, two, two of my roommates. So like this happened a couple of years back and, Two purple belts, pretty good purple belts, and uh, 
like one guy was a middleweight and he would always cut to light mm. and the lightweight guy was actually bigger than him, you know, wow. but he would cut to light and he did this entire weight cut. And I remember Gustavo like, dude, you guys could match up against each other. Yeah. Cause there's three of you guys now because as of the worlds, uh, in the worlds, I put you on different sides of the bracket. Perfect. But now there was three of them. And, uh, and I'm telling my friend like, dude, you put in so much work into this weight cut. Like, I'll do the cut, and if you have to fight him, so be it. Yeah. And then the brackets came out first round. No way. First round, Worlds. That's. And I yeah. remember telling that because he was like, I'll just bow out. And I was like, no, don't no bow way. out. You did all that work. Yeah. like. And not looking back, like, he lost, and I felt like that kind of affected him because he lost to his teammate. Yeah. And maybe maybe bowing out might not have been a horrible idea, but, like, sometimes the weight cut can put you in a, in a worse match. You, know? yeah. you never know exactly how it's going to work out. And when you're going to the Worlds, the pans. Yeah. Everybody's so good, anyways. Yeah, so it's everybody's like, in shape. Everybody's you can't ready. Run from anyone. Yeah, yeah. If you try to run from someone, you're gonna get something else. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's not like you know. People look at like um, like the opens mm -hmm. as as big tournaments. But if you've never mm -hmm. competed before, they seem like big tournaments. Yeah. But it could be something like, oh, you know, Phoenix Open is coming up. Ah, I'll just sign up with yeah. hell. You know, you're not really committed. Mm -hmm. But when you go to Worlds, bro. Yeah, I remember the conversation before Worlds. Gustavo would sit us down because back then we'd bring like thirty guys. And like fifteen of them, I was like, they could all medal, you know. Yeah. But there'd always be people who probably shouldn't be there, and he would be like, he would sit us down and he'd be talking. I was like, this is not the pans, this mm. is not the Europeans, this is not the Brazilian nationals. It's not even open. This is the World Championships. He's yeah. like, if you want to go and you're not supposed to go, give me twenty dollars, I'll buy you a T-shirt. Yeah. You know? It's like save yourself yeah. the yeah. money, the investment, the time you're not that you're not really even putting into it. Because some yeah. people are like, oh, I'm putting the time in. It's like, you know, just because you're in the class doesn't mean you're putting the time in. Right. Like, you need to be holding yourself accountable yeah. inside the class. Like, yeah. the coaches can hold you accountable by telling you what to do, but you could dog a workout. You yeah. Know, like, I could be doing uh, something at 40% and nobody notices, because I. but I notice, you know? So, like... Bro, yeah. The world is so different. Yeah. I sweat when I eat. Yeah. You think I'm not going to sweat on the mats? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I can I can fake a good sweat. Exactly. Um, But, you know, I, I, tell, I tell my students, like, the guys that... The newer guys that want to compete... I was like, man, you got to get 20 to 25 competition level rounds a week minimum. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I was watching this podcast with, uh, I believe it's um, Leandra Lowe was on a podcast with um, uh, Andre Gaval. Oh, yeah. And he's in Portuguese. So I this saw is some a, of that. It and was he, good. Yeah, and he was, he was saying he does 18 rounds a day. Yeah, he does three, three training sessions, 18 rounds a day. Yeah, you know what though, like the, the old school Brazilian style? That's how it is. Like, yeah, like, I've been to Brazil and I've tr I, I've trained a little bit, but I was always cutting weight, so I was not training that much. Yeah, but uh, they they come in, they show a technique, and then they it's pojada. Wow, it's like one technique, and it could be a random technique. Well, now I'm thinking things are changing, you know. But well, we're gonna show a technique. Everyone's gonna drill it for 20 minutes, and then we're gonna roll. Wow, for two hours, you yeah. know, and. Uh, you can sit out around, but you better not sit out two in a row. Right. That's yeah. how I still I still tell my students if you're a competitor, <clears throat> I don't mind you sitting around. Yeah. But if you sit out two in a row. That I lose a little bit of my confidence in your in yeah. what you're doing right now. Yeah. So that's how the the Andrew Lowe and those guys were. Like even like Orlando, he's not old school, but that kid will roll. Uh, Orlando Montero, I'm talking about. Yeah. That kid will roll uh, ten rounds in a day. He's a, he's an animal. And then he'll go to the gym. Yeah. And they'll come back at night and maybe do <laughs> right. it again. You know. So. Yeah. And I used to like that too. Like actually, still my favorite training session is open mat. Yeah, I'll go into open map because with my life, I'm like, I don't have as much time. Yeah. So I always say like, man, in an hour, I can get seven rounds that I get out of there. Yeah. You're just in, no talking, no hanging out. Just yep. get it in, get it out. I can get seven straight tough rounds and tough rounds if I want, you yeah. know. And that's yeah. another thing too is like when you're, when you're, 
what kind of rounds. Yeah. Anybody, that's the one thing about class is you can pick your own rounds. Don't pick, don't hide from people. Like I still, yeah. I'll apologize to my students sometimes. Like let's say I have like scrappy blue belt wrestler in the room and some days I'm like, oh, I'm going to roll with him today. And then like the end of the day, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then like I'm walking out, I'm like, this kid Ronan. I'm like, Ronan, I'm sorry. I didn't roll with you today. He's like, huh? I was like, I told myself I was going to roll with you, but I just didn't want to fight you. Yeah. But, yeah. Some people is like. Like it's, I, it's I'm confident fight. in my jujitsu, but man, I gotta. I, I'm not training some of these. I'm fighting some of these guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's gonna be a fight. You know, and like I, I love that about myself that I like to to scrap yeah. and everything. But uh, that's the difference. Like, what kind of rounds are you rolling? Yeah. So, and I know Leandro's probably 18 hard crazy rounds. Oh, crazy! Yeah. yeah, I mean, and you look at the training partners that he trains with. I mean, it's it's impressive. So, you know? so for you guys that are going to worlds, do you guys do like um. Like competition classes yeah. or yeah. Yeah. So we do, I mean, evening classes, um, uh, Josh is our, our head instructor for the evening classes and you know, he does, he does a lot of, um, he does, uh, technique situationals and rounds and it's really on them to get the hard rounds. Yeah. But Sunday we have, we have a closed session from eight to nine 30. It's not invite only, but it, it's not inclusive. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you got to want to be there yeah. and I don't announce it. Right. I don't, it's not on our schedule. <clears throat> if you show up, great. If you don't, I don't care. Yeah, that's on you. Mm-hmm. But it's it's all like it, it's I break it up into cardio, situational, and then rounds. Right. And it's usually like Shark Tank and then regular rounds. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's really that's really where they get their I, I would say probably their toughest their toughest training. <clears throat> and I'll even make like a situational suck. Yeah. I, so I, I do like a lot of sprints. We'll do like two minute rounds. Yeah. The first, the first round is sprints across the mat with push ups on each side, mm-hmm. and then the second minute is a live round. Yeah, and you got to grind out that win. I do that. I do kind of the same. And you know what? Like, <coughs> maybe I'm wrong for this, but I <laughs> when I get the vibe they don't like something, mm-hmm. I make them do more. Me of it. too. I'm just yes. like, oh, you're gonna jog. You're gonna because I'll tell them after every hard session, whatever we're doing, ten push ups and two laps. And while you're doing your laps, you're gonna fix your gi. No one's gonna. Put their hands on their head. Right. I want you to fake it. If you're if you're yeah. tired, head up, mouth yep. closed. And if I see somebody like take too long to get up, like, all right, actually everybody on the line. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean on the line? I'm like, we're gonna do sprints or something, something yeah. that nobody wants to do. And then yeah. they'll be like, I'll get messages like, we're not playing footballs. Then quit. Don't <laughs> yeah. Come to, I won't say quit. Like, <clears throat> don't come to my competition class. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. you can go to those classes all day. We have classes from six a.m., ten a.m. You know, like all day long. Yeah. You don't have to compete. Right. And, and also, like, I like when I can tell somebody, like, I'll be in the middle of class and I can get that vibe, and I'll be like, "Listen, guys, if you can't physically make it, if you are not tough enough to do this class, just walk out. I don't it's, mind. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, I say almost like, <clears throat> if you walk out, like if I walked out, I'd be embarrassed, right? Yeah. So I want yeah. them to feel like. I can do that because then yeah. after they always tell me the people who I can see like they're not they're not doing great in the class like cardio wise they're not feeling it when they're done they always like it after the yeah. next day they always like oh I was so sore yesterday it was awesome it's uh it, it's it's kind of like you, you're you're it's a confidence builder yeah <clears throat> if you can make it through that class you think you can't train in the evenings you know I grind can it out do this <clears throat> absolutely and uh, you know the worst the the worst words I ever hear in in training especially like navas and going to gd and in training with you is one more round i'm like oh, <laughs> yeah i'm so fucking tired i don't you know that's the last thing you want to hear i always say the word my the worst feeling in jujitsu 
like physically is when I'm exhausted and somebody asked me to roll. Because <laughs> I know I'm going to say yeah. Yeah. I know it. But like, I'm like, oh, now? <clears throat> yeah. So one one thing that happened to me, and I, I don't do this as much anymore, but one thing that happened to me was um, we were in Vegas. It was one of the Vegas Opens, like 2014 or 15, somewhere in there. And um, that's when they had the old venue, that little sports arena. Oh, yeah. That was really yeah. cool. So um, um, I finished the match. And I, I ended the guy pretty pretty quick, you know? So I finished the match as white belt. And then I start walking away. And the mat coordinator is, like, walking opposite direction in front of me. And, and she turns me around. She goes, oh, no, you're next. I'm like, well, I just finished. And she goes, no, well, you're next. My water is in the bullpen. Yeah. And, I, and I was next. So I didn't have any water. I mean, my mouth is dry. I go in. And the, oh, the next that. match went the full five minutes. And, you know, it was, just, it was miserable. And I, I'm 40, you know, 41 at the time, I think. And then um, I go back to the bullpen. And I'm, I'm like, okay, so that was like one of those moments that's just unfair, yeah. right? It's unfair to make me turn around, not let me get water, not let me do anything. I got to go next. It just is what it is. Yeah. And it's happened a couple times, you know, like, like, um, you know, I, I fight one, I'm, I'm on, this was a local tournament. I'm on one side of the bracket and I fight and on the other side of the bracket, dude's guy didn't show. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I fight my next match, other side of the bracket, same dude, guy didn't make weight. So now we're in the final. He hasn't fought anybody. I got oh two matches God. under me, right? So that's also unfair. Yeah. So I always tell the guys in, well, what I started doing, this is stupid. Don't, don't ever do this, guys. But what I started doing is like, once we started rolling in class, I stopped drinking water. I do the same. Yeah, yeah? Okay. I don't know why I do it, but I do the same. <clears throat> yeah. I, I actually, like, when I was at Cobrinha's gym, and I was like, uh, I don't know, for some reason, like, I feel like I had to go to the back. I had to pee or something, but I didn't have enough time, so I was, like, trying to get to the bathroom, and yeah. I had to keep coming out. Like, yeah. there was somebody else in there, and, like, I would get water as, like, my excuse. And then for Fabricio for Doom, it was like, hey, no water till after the third round. Oh, oh no shit. And they were doing 11-minute rounds that day, and I was a brown belt, and I remember, like, they were sending everybody at me. <laughs> and, like, I think I kind of did it always, but that kind of stuck with me. I was like, don't need water you've been no. drinking water all day yeah you know as long as you have been drinking water all day yeah. but i mean that that was one of those things because i felt like this is bullshit i should be able to get water right yeah. but it's just one of those things that happens it's just unfair but it is what it is mm -hmm. so a lot of the stuff that i do in the competition training is the shit that's just unfair yeah it's just it's just unfair this is bullshit yes yeah. yes what one thing you can't do is like you can't get up and yell at the ref you yeah. can't get up and push your opponent you can't get mad you can't do anything it just is what it is yep. You know, and that's kind of what I'm trying to teach them. Yeah. Sometimes it's even like, the thing that drives me crazy, someone is like, <clears throat> I don't get it. You know, and those, I don't get it. It's like, you don't get it because you just started learning it. You're not yeah. good at it yet. You yeah. Know? Of course you don't get it. You just yeah. started learning it. Like, if I just try to drive a motorcycle today, I think I'm just going to get it. <laughs> right. I hear that. It drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, or like when um, I'll, I'll be like, so-and-so, play bottom. It's like, I don't want to play bottom. What? <laughs> Get on bottom, you know? Like I said, get on bottom, get yeah. on bottom. You know, you're playing bottom, and he's like, I play top lead. I was like, I don't care. Like, yeah. the way I was raised, I remember my dad telling me this in football, in one ear, out the other. If you mm. don't like what they're saying, just listen and say, yes, sir. Yeah. But I was a military guy, you right. know? And yeah. He was hard on me growing up, like, with sports, and just, like, stop complaining. Like, he, I remember him telling me all the time. Like, I don't remember a ton of, like, advice that I got from my dad, except for, like, stuff like that. But he'd always say, like, dude, I, there's a lot of things in life that I don't want to do, and I just got to do them. Yeah. got to do them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. So you're going to have to do them. Yeah. So, like, in jiu-jitsu, that's always my thought is, like, coach says do it, just do it. Just do you it. You know, even if yeah. I don't like it, you know, like, maybe I'll go home thinking that was stupid, but yeah. I'm not going to tell him that. Right. And I'm not going to tell anybody else that. I'm just going to hold it in and be like, boom, move on to the next day, you know? And yeah. I, I hate when I'm in class teaching, <clears throat> like, a hard class. Supposed to, it's competition class. Yeah. And, and somebody's like, 
Someone, especially someone tells me they're tired and they're talking or something. It's like, right. why are you talking so much if you're tired? Like, <laughs> you can train harder. Yeah. You know, so yeah, and and at, <clears throat> I don't know that it's like a different era or whatever, but it's one of those things. Like, it, it was just different. Like when we would go to competition classes at at GD, it it was always different. It was always different because like you'd wa- one day like. It's 9 a.m. and he locks the door. Nerves. You had nerves. Yes, dude. Yeah, and you're like, oh, shit. Remember sometimes he'd be like, we're treating today like a tournament. Warm yourself up. Yes. I'd be like, how do I do that? That's what I was going to say. Like, everybody's got their belt tied. We're waiting for him to tell us something. He's like, yeah, warm yourselves up. We're going to start rolling in four minutes. You're like, oh, shit. You know, so you just grab somebody. But that's just the way it is. Yeah. You know? I love that, though. I love when, like, we don't play really too much hip-hop anymore in the gym because, you know, like, the older I get, I have kids. When Mm -hmm. I hear curse words in the music, Mm -hmm. it bugs me now. It didn't bug me back then. When when I hear it as a student, I don't even hear it. Yeah. I'm just in the the middle of it. And G, he doesn't play really any hip-hop anymore because, probably because of the same, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but back then, like, if he had, like, Wu-Tang was on, be like, oh, crap. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's gonna hurt I remember him putting us like in four person Like uh Kind of like four person shark tanks Yeah And I'd always be with like Marcio and Espen And I don't know who the other light guy is But someone like that He's like I remember going to Worlds Like how am I gonna go to Worlds I'm just getting my ass kicked <laughs> All day yeah. long you know yeah. Like such hard practices Yeah But like I, one thing that stood out uh, Espen Matias told me one day we're coming home from comp class. We're walking across that street where yep. you could almost die. Every Six lanes. Day. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, man, Espen, I'm defending because he got my back a lot. He's so good. It's like, I'm defending pretty well and you just choke me right across my face every day. Yeah. He's like, dude, you could just tap. We all have a choice. <laughs> and I was like, man, it's so right. Yeah. So like, I tell my students, like, it's, it's going to be hard. It's yeah. going to be hard. And you have a choice. You don't have to do this. Yeah. You should. Yeah. I think you want to, but I think you don't you have to. to do yeah. it, you know? And I think you need to for some of the people. You yeah. Know? So I think, I think some people like, um, how should I put this? Like physically don't belong in there. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. But they can mentally make themselves do yeah. it. And I admire the shit out of that. They just grind. Dude, they're they're a little bit heavier. You know, they're not in good shape. They probably ate like shit the night before, but they just grind out the freaking hour and a half, dude, or two hours, whatever it is that and, we do. And then some of those people change. You know, some of them stay the same, but mm. they're just tough all the way through. And yeah. like, they get good at jiu-jitsu, but they never end up being, like, super healthy. Yeah, whatever, yeah. You know, like, yeah, cool. Everybody's, everybody's doing it so different. But sometimes you see people totally change. Yeah. You know, like, I think you've changed a lot. Like, I you're have. more athletic than me probably now. You work out more than me. I don't you know, know about You're that. probably healthy. Healthier than me, like, <laughs> dude. I, I just do jujitsu all day long. Everyone's <laughs> right. like, everyone's like, you work out. I'm like, dude, I do jujitsu like three times a day. That's yeah, it. you know, I don't yeah. have time to work out. I, right. I mean, I do, but I tell myself I don't. Like, right. my garage is a gym. Oh, I have okay. Lights in my gra- I don't use it because it's, <laughs> it's like, man, I got home at eight thirty. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna yeah. go out in the garage, yeah. and then on the weekends, like, it's like the game's on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? So like. I think uh, some people just change so much. Everybody has their own journey, and it's really cool to see. I've seen people lose 100 pounds multiple times. Yeah. Yes. Multiple times. I love that. I've seen people change their lives and be like, now, like, they're a family man, and they have, I mean, me. me, Yeah. My whole family, my whole life is from jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I met my wife there. Uh, I've been teaching. I had my kids while I'm teaching. Everything that I have in the world today is from jiu-jitsu. That's so cool. Crazy. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I think, um, you know, there, you're you're a jujitsu guy through and through. Um, I remember one conversation that you and I had. Ah, maybe it was a group of us. We we're in the morning class, and I don't know if you remember this, but we were talking about the Meow Brothers 
and one of them's missing missing a yeah. tooth, right? And that's how I tell them apart when they're you know one guy is not yeah. wearing his whatever. Oh. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, we we're talking about that. I was like, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd get. We we're talking about how we would fix it if we lost a tooth. <laughs> and then you said something like, if I lose a tooth, then that's just the way it is, man. <laughs> so very much similar to the, you're not going to get a surgery unless it's like an emergency. You wouldn't fix your tooth either. Well, sh shoot, like, dude, back in November, I believe, there's this new black belt comes to the gym. Really good. His wife's like a traveling nurse. He was there for a few months. Like, he's just from, I'm not sure where he's from, but not from a big time school, but he's just like scrappy good. Yeah. And everyone's like, this guy's beating me up. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to roll with this guy. And I start rolling with him. He's tough. And, so I start switching my game up to be more uh, more like competition style, and yeah. I finally get a good position. I'm, I'm like I get him mounted with the lapel position, and he hip bumps me, and I post my left arm actually, and my left arm totally collapsed inwards. Oh. Like my elbow went all the way in. I, I'm pretty sure I was like it's broken. Like the click, I heard like pop pop tear, you know. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's something's really gone, you know. It's messed up. But I'm <laughs> the first thing I think is like I'm not getting surgery. Because <laughs> yeah, one of the, like once when I was in the hospital, they had mentioned something about some people are just prone to getting staph infections, and I was like, well, I'm, I heard that, and now I'm like, I'll never get surgery again. And just I in remember, case. So like my wrist is bruised from my wrist to my armpit, yeah. black and blue, my whole arm, yeah. black and blue, and and I couldn't take time. I took like a day off. Yeah. But I had to teach. Yeah. You know, I got to teach. What am I going to do? Yeah, my yeah, job. No time. You know? yeah. And they don't. <clears throat> when you're the head instructor, and you teach. Like 15 classes a week. Yeah. I can't just get someone to cover all those classes. No, so it's impossible. I just started teaching and like it hurts, you know, and like even still to this day, sometimes somebody, people will arm wrap me. I'm like, oh yeah, my arm still hurts, you know, yeah. but not one time that I think like I'm going to get surgery. Yeah. Heck no. Yeah. Well, I got my knee scoped <clears throat> a few weeks back and I think the first week everything went perfect. Yeah. Like my classes were covered. I don't teach that much. I, classes are covered. Uh, I'm doing physical therapy, you know, I'm going to doing my thing. The following week, everything goes to hell. Oh, like people calling in, I had to miss physical therapy. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of panicking. But now it's starting, like, you know, you know, the, the knee starts feeling better, yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into physical therapy with, with Greg as much as I can, and, um, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm back to lifting, and you know, I, I feel good again. Now it's like, now I gotta be careful because this is where the dangerous, yeah, right? When did you start feeling too confident? Yeah, yeah. So I gotta make sure that I don't screw it up. But I'm almost four weeks out, so I'm pretty close to being, you know, back, back. But, so it was recently. Yeah, yeah, less than less than five weeks ago, like maybe four weeks. Isn't that crazy how fast those things heal up? Insane. My Insane. first scope, <clears throat> I remember like week four, I had to go back to the doctor and like my one month checkup, and yeah, and, like I, I don't know if we were just taking something off or whatever, and I'm like, so I had done both my knees. Remember, it was a menis menisectomy on both my knees, and uh, I'm like, hey doc, am I? Uh, so. I, I can't re-tear them. I don't have a meniscus anymore. He's like, no, you can't re-tear it. I'm like, so cool. I can pretty much do whatever I want. He's like, no, because it's, you're going to be in a lot of pain. Everything you do is going to hurt really bad. And I was like, but I can't make it any worse. Right. And he's like, I guess, no, you can't make it. I was, so I was like, oh, okay. I left. Done. I went back to the gym. And I remember um, Lopez, when I went back, I went to the gym that night. And Lopez like, you're not training. <laughs> so I went to Nava's gym. I drove straight Did to you Nava's. really? I drove straight oh to Nava's God. gym. And I was like, don't tell Lopez. Oh, and I trained shit. at Nava's for the week. And then uh, I was already signed up for the IBJJF Phoenix Open. Mm. And uh, I didn't tell Gustavo. He thought I was not doing it. I was like, I'm signed up. I, and back then, they didn't do refunds that well. So mm. I was just like, ah, I'm going to. I might do it. And then the morning of, I'm like, I'm doing the tournament, you know? So I get there, and I just kind of, like, sneak in. I don't see nobody. 
And then they, everyone sees, like, what's Josh doing on the mat? <laughs> and I, I, I was, You made it all the way to the mat before anybody dude, noticed? I, oh, my I, God. I was, like, so sneaky. I was like, I don't want any... Because Lopez was, and Gustavo were like, dude, you just had double knee surgery. And back then, like, nobody knew much about knee surgeries. Yeah. It was, like, in the age of, if you have an ACL, you're done. It right. Was, you know, like, yeah. it was just They're getting split better. you open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um... I won three fights on my knees. I remember, like, I didn't even stand. I would pull guard, and when I swept them, I would I would sweep to my knees. Oh my and gosh. I ended up losing in the um, in the final, probably to Edwin, or I don't know who it was, but I lost in the final. But I took second, okay. won three fights okay. on bum knees, and like that was that was I was like, I'm good. I'm gonna yeah, I'm just gonna train right through it. So yeah, that was a uh, four weeks. So if you're at wow. five weeks now, yeah, like you're getting ready to start. Yeah, you're trying to feel good, but you don't want to. Don't want to do anything stupid. The the only thing that hurts is if I if I land on it. Oh, like yeah. I try I try to like I I try to sh- teach an outside single, yeah. and and I and, it, and I bounced off my knee. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. So had to. Yeah, I always felt thing. bad about like uh, the uchimata, like when you trip to the outside. Yeah, that sotogare. I can't remember that. What yeah. one of those two? Where you kind of trip <clears throat> your foot to the outside. Like yeah. I I couldn't do that until actually just like the last six months I started doing it again. I was really? like, I haven't done this in twelve years. That's crazy. I've been afraid dude. to do this technique, yeah. you know, forever yeah. and. But yeah. uh, man, knee, knee <clears throat> surgeries and uh, I just think like all that stuff is just, yeah, it's just a pause. Yeah, you know, if it depends on who you are. But now that I've been through a couple things like that, I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to stop jujitsu. No, I know. can't. I can't. I mean, you know, I, I talked about this the one of the pod a couple podcasts ago where you know. All I'm doing now is trying to push that end date back. I know, I know, I can't. I got to stop one day. Uh, I'm just trying to make it like when I'm 90. You know. Yeah. So I was gonna <clears> say, <throat> don't say end date. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying I'm thinking like 90. One day I'm just gonna stop. You know, like yeah. I always say, I love how like some um, sports athletes say is like one day I'm just gonna be gone. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not gonna do a big uh, retirement. It's like one day I'm just gonna be gone. You know, yeah. like and you know, I'm not gonna tell anybody <clears> or anything like that. It's just gonna be over. Like I don't. I don't ever want to plan for yeah. or like the end. Honestly, like I feel like my jujitsu career has kind of just started. Yeah. It's really weird. Cause like before the knee surgery, I had all the funding and we were almost going to open my own gym. I had everything set. Wow. You know, like we were just deciding on a couple locations. Yeah. And then after the knee surgery, I had two kids. Yeah. And now I'm like, man, I can't have a gym with two kids. Cause right now I bring them to work with me. Yeah. And it's not my gym, but like, if it was my gym, I would feel so much more uncomfortable. Like I'm messing up everybody's training. These kids uh. are screaming, you know. These kids are yelling. They're asking, "Daddy, Daddy, Daddy!" You yeah. know, I gotta run off the mat, you know. And <clears throat> so I'm just like, I'm just waiting a little longer, and yeah. like, I really don't. I, it might, I might like basically just be starting. You yeah. Know? Who knows? Yeah. You know, no, I agree. I agree, man. Because, <clears throat> I mean, we are we are we've learned way more about like the the human body in the last ten years than you know. We knew, you know, anybody really knew. And <clears throat> NFL players are playing longer. You know, baseball players are playing longer. I mean, who knows, man? I mean, we could, you know, we may find a way to get you a new meniscus in your knee. It may have some goo they you can slap in I there. I don't need anything. Just let it stay the way it is. <laughs> I always say it's like, I just want it to be the way. I just got to avoid, you know, the things I can't do. I can't go to, like, Disneyland. Like, I went last year or a few mm. months back, and I do, that does kind of suck because, like, it's my kids thing, yeah. you know, and we yeah. went for day one. By day two, I remember like, oh, I was like, babe, I need to sit down. My knee's hurting. And yeah. I sat down and I couldn't get up. Oh, shit. I was shit. like, man, I don't know what happened. I'm in so much pain. Yeah. And I remember telling her, I was like, take the kids. And my gra- her, gra- um, her, gra- her mom and dad were there. So I was like, just take the kids the rest of the day. I'm going to walk home. They were like, walk home. You're in pain. I'm like, yeah, but I'll I'll take the pain. I'm just getting out of there. Like, yeah. That kind of stuff, like coaching, standing still. Yep. Like we were at, um, 
I don't know what jiu-jitsu, not jiu-jitsu world league. There's one of those smaller events that I went to a few months ago and it was just like, things were so slow. It was just like, Oh, like, that's awful. It's just like, God, a lot of standing around doing, doing like nothing. Open mat here, open <coughs> mat here, open <coughs> mat here. It was like, let's get this going. And, uh, and even like I, the, I, the San Diego IBJJF or one of the tournaments, like my student had to wait forever because the other guy was, that kind of stuff kills my knees. That's you know? yeah. That's the kind of stuff that I, I can't do. I can't stand still for a long time. Yeah. So it's I, funny. I can train jujitsu, but I can't like <laughs> go on a long walk. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, well, just this morning, well, <clears throat> Monday is my first day back on the mat, like like training. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, well, I'll just drill and I'll do the situationals, and then I'll, I won't do any rounds. And then I was like, ah, maybe I'll do one round, right? right? <laughs> but I really wanted to see like what I could what I could do with my leg. Can I push? Can I pull? Can I hold? You know that kind of thing. And it was kind of feeling good, so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to give it a rest tomorrow. I lifted weights, but I still gave it gave it. I didn't do any jujitsu yesterday. And then today, I was like, okay, so I'm going to go in for the morning training session. I'm going to train. Mm-hmm. Did the warm-up, did the technique, and then I got uh, got two rounds in. You know, I just wanted to feel it. And I play a lot of spider lasso. <clears throat> so I'm like, well, let's see what the lasso feels like. I'm like, oh, it doesn't feel too bad. Yeah, there's an omoplata right here. Fuck it, let me try it. And I did it. And I'm like, okay, the knee feels good. And then, you know, uh, transition to triangle. Uh, you know, it, it feels good. You would think with the lasso, the thing I'd be afraid of, so like there's a lasso move you do where people they pass away from the lasso and then you use the lasso to sweep them over. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I don't like. I, even still, I don't like to push sideways with my with yeah. my legs. Like, yeah, I'll if do my it toe now. moves. Yeah. yeah, I try yeah. to put my toes upwards always. Like I always try to keep. If I'm gonna be butterfly fly sweeping somebody, I try to get my toes up. I don't want it to be using the side of my mm. leg, you know, because yeah. I, I feel like I want to do a leg extension. Yeah, kind of. Type lift. You yes, know, yes, yes, yes. Protect your knees. I know but, exactly what you mean. Man, that's all great knowledge that I'm glad that I got. Yeah. You know, and you know, actually speaking about <coughs> knee injuries, this just happened to one of my students. I was just telling him this. Like, I feel like you're so much better now. Every every injury I had, whether it was a knee or I had some rib injuries, when I came back, I always felt better. And I think mm. the reason is, and this happens with with new belts too. When you when I cut when I get to uh, come back from an injury, I don't trust my cardio. Or I don't trust like my explosiveness, mm. so I make better decisions in the round. Okay, like yeah. I pick better techniques, you know. Whereas yeah. if I was like fully healthy, I'm like I'm gonna go for this whatever. Yeah, you know? and yeah. now like I I don't I never really strayed away from that anymore. I'll still do it here and there because like I like my students to see cool stuff, so I'll yeah. do cool stuff here and there for yeah. them. But like I pretty much take the safe easy route all the time. Nice. You know? Like I'm trying to get I'm trying to get and that's and that's because all my knee injuries. I got so much better in all these safe areas. Yeah. You know, and yeah. now like that's that helped my game. So yeah. Every knee injury was bad, but it, it kind of it added a little bit to my game here and there. Yeah. You know? So uh, let me ask you this. What what are what are you looking for aside from a from a submission? What are you looking for in your round? Like what's your end goal? If you if you can't sub them, like where do you want to be? I want to control. <coughs> so like one thing that as a lower belt, I got a lot of submissions as lower belt. Like that was kind of my I was like back takes, lapel guard, submissions, darts chokes, you know. So, like, submissions are fun, but, like, sometimes I just love to, like, let's say I'm rolling with, like, a 200-pound person, and I just control them. The whole, like, I feel physically stronger. Like, on I top. know I'm not. Yeah, on top. On bottom, <laughs> like, it dep- it's always, it's a little different. Like, yeah. my, my uh, bottom view has been so, uh, it changes so much because I've changed different guards all the time. And I feel like as an instructor, you need to know almost every guard. You got to know them all. Maybe yeah. you can't do them all <laughs> proficiently, but you mm-hmm. got to know at least the beginning of all of them. But on top, like, I've really learned to... At least, I, in my opinion, I feel like I've learned to be heavy mm. and control bigger people. And if yeah. like, so like one thing, training with Marcio Andre for a few, for like a year or two, uh, 
I realized that if you're playing a knee shield, if you let somebody grab your collar, that's like the beginning of the end. Yeah. And that's how I feel on top. Like if I get to your knee shield and I get a hold of your collar, oh man, you're not going to get you're me toast, off you anymore yeah. now. You know? and, <laughs> and like it might not work out every time, but if yeah. it works out most of the time, every time my confidence gets better and better. Yeah. And then as my confidence gets better, my, um, my like ability to try new details or yeah. things or my confidence in try in, in other things that I'm already doing gets better. So like my game has, as a, has changed so much more that I'm like, I love to be on top. I love to pass. Yeah. And I loved, I want that person to, without embarrassing somebody, I don't want to like totally just take somebody out and never let them move. Right. But yeah. people who are good enough that I don't have to give them position. Yeah. 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 Like I remember a couple of <coughs> years back, Orlando was watching me train with somebody and I was like letting them out of positions. And mm. was like, dude, do you ever remember Gustavo or, or Rosenberg letting you out of yeah, side control? Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, he's right. I got to be harder on these guys. And <laughs> yeah. I love just uh, just feeling like I have all the, like feeling heavier than I am. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. I, I want to feel like I'm 200 pounds when I'm on top. And I, when I get a compliment from someone saying that I have a lot of pressure, that's kind of what I'm, what I like right now. That's a high compliment. You know? Yeah. So I just want to be um, efficient. Yeah. So I, I love to be like, so technical that people love what I'm doing. Yeah. But if they don't like what I'm doing, I want it to be efficient. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because not everybody likes the same jujitsu style. Right. So, I, I'm very much into boring. I yeah. want to I want to get to mount as soon as possible yeah. and just hold you there the yeah. entire time. So here's here's how that came about. Because <clears throat> I, I wasn't really big on going to mount. I like side control, neon belly type stuff, and setting things up from there. But so we follow a um, we do a 13 week fundamentals curriculum. It's a, it hasn't changed in three years, right. and we just continuously That's go through it one through 13. And one of them is position, positional mount control. Mm -hmm. And I was going to, I was teaching it. At, well, uh, the week, the Sunday before I was going to teach it, I was like, I got to change it up a little bit because it's kind of like, like vanilla. You know what I mean? Like, so what, you know? But I started studying like, you know, Roger Gracie and I started studying, uh, um, who else? Um, <clears throat> Henzo. And I started studying like guys that, you know, that can get mount and hold it. Right. Dude, the, it's so complex. Being in Mount is so complex that I fell in love with yeah. the study of it. And now I'm teaching it. And, and, and when I, when I roll, I want to get to Mount and I want to crush their guts and I want to make them feel miserable. Um, but it's funny because you know, you know how this is, you'll study something and you'll be like, you'll teach it. And then everybody in the class is like, okay, yeah, cool. I'm like, no, this is yeah, awesome. Yeah. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> I I, I'm like, I come to the class, you know how it is being a teacher. Yeah. You're like. Depends how, how much time you put into your, your class. Like, I try to do the night before. I'm already thinking what I'm doing the next day. Yeah. We already kind of have an idea. Yeah. But, like, I, I could change the whole... I might get to the class and be like, you know what? There's not a lot of people... Read the who, room. Like, I'll change it a little bit, you mm. know? But one thing that happened to me also, you know, with the mount, for example, um, I was at the Worlds last year. This past year's... Not this... 21, I don't know. 22. Okay. Right? And... um. Yeah, the last year at Worlds, I was there. Two years ago. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I got swept into the mount. And I hadn't been mounted in, like, like a, a long time. Like, since, like, Blue Belt. I haven't been mounted in forever. So I get put in the mount, and I remember thinking, like, all right, this sucks. But just relax. And what the guy did was he did a lot of, like, the um, like the Gordon Ryan walk the elbows up stuff. Yeah. And I remember he walked up my elbow, and then he walked up my other elbow. Oh, shit. And I had no... <clears throat> no frames or anything and the the helplessness that i felt there changed my whole view of the mount yeah so like i just put a little bit of uh of study into uh you know john danahar stuff and yeah. ryan stuff and like just that 
I look at it like your elbow line, right? Yeah. If I can get their elbows above their head. Oh, they're screwed. You know, it's yeah. like so hard, right? <clears throat> if you look at that bench press and you try to bench press from here. Yeah. You can put up good weight, right? Yeah. Put that bench press over your forehead. Yeah. Try to do the same weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I just, I started to understand like the elbow control so much and then that played into everywhere now. Yes. Like I'm using some of those same rules and, and concepts in all my side control positions, like in some of my guard positions, yeah. you know, like I actually, I call it edges and ledges. Mm. My students think it's so weird, but like <laughs> if I'm passing your guard and I get, let's say I'm on this side, if I get behind your elbow, you're not turning into me anymore, right? You're gone. Yeah. If I cup the other elbow, you also aren't turning away from me. Mm. That's one of my favorite things to do is like yeah. get my ribs under this elbow and then cup the far elbow. Oh, I love it. Man, it's like, that's what I call it. Like this is an edge and this is a ledge. Yeah, you know? I love it. It's yeah. like I think about, I think about guard passing Kind of like uh, if you were flipping like a nickel, right? Like if I wanted to flip this over, if I just if I just grab it, it's not going to flip. But if I get under it, I can mm. flip it. So when I'm passing the guard, like if I'm if I'm trying to hold you down the opposite way, right? This is trying to turn. If I'm here on the side of it, I'm not going to be able to push it down. But right. if I'm on the top of it, I can push it down. Yeah. If I'm trying to pass your guard, person's trying to turn into me. I'm just focused on pinning that shoulder. You know? Yeah, and if I'm trying to force the back, I'm trying to get under it, and I get under the edge of it. And once you can, once you can, then you can lift them. You can move them. Just uh, man, a bunch of stuff from like the mixture of the Danahar stuff and like the Guy Mendez stuff and the Guy. Yeah, um, I really feel like my game <coughs> has gotten ten times better. Like I wish I knew this stuff lower, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure like I there are some things that I've supplemented like maybe i don't play lapel guard as well as i used to i mean i don't ever barambolo anymore like okay. i barambolo off of like back to, off of guard passes and stuff yeah. you know yeah but like some of the stuff i used to do i don't do anymore but there's some of the stuff that i didn't do back then i feel like i do better than the stuff that i did back back like than the stuff yeah. that i thought was my a game back then mm. you know? okay so yeah like you were going back to the question you were saying what am i trying to get, get out of the rounds I just want to feel physically like i can control a human being yeah you know a lot of yeah. the times you mm -hmm. know that's kind of where i'm at right now yeah Submissions would be great. I'd love to, like, there are times when I'm like, man, I'm just going to try to submit everybody all the time. Yeah. I just want to be in control. I, I feel the same way, and, and it's, it's I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of white belts walking around right now saying, you know what, I rolled with Josh the other day, and he didn't submit me one time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're not going for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to control him. I, I, I love that, because honestly, like, You've been doing this. You've been doing this for so long that if you wanted to take a white belt and submit them 30 times in a round, you probably could. Yeah. Right. But, but you, you know, one thing about white belts that I always say is like, if you play poker. You, train, you play poker with somebody who's never played before, it could be hard. Yeah, that's you true, yeah. You see with somebody who's never played before, especially if they're athletic and scrappy, mm. it can be a little annoying for a little while. Mm. Like, God, this guy's going so hard. Like, <laughs> but yeah. But, that, but you know what that does? Like, what I've noticed is when somebody is, like, brand new and they're, and they're athletic and they're, like you said, scrappy, um, it forces you to play a lot of fundamental jujitsu, yeah. a lot of closed guard, yeah. a lot of hip bump sweep, a lot of, you know, just really simple it things. It makes you want to control them. Yeah. When they're really scrappy, and because I, I get this vibe, like, this person thinks they're going to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can feel it. I'm How like, dare you? I was like, I think they're really going to beat me. So, like, I, that's why I'm like, okay, I'm just going to show them. Yeah. Like, without submitting them, I'm going to show them that they can't move if I don't want them to move. Yeah. You know, like, if I want to, I'm going to hold you down and you're not going to move. You yeah. Know? And then it's going to be good for you in the long run because you're going to learn the same. Yeah. So, Man, jujitsu is so has like changed so much, right? When you think about over the years, like yeah. I was never that way before, right? Like I talk when I'm, I was just teaching leg drags this week, and I was like, man, when I used to do leg drags, I was always trying to force the back. 
Mm. I want the pass. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. I want the back after. Yeah, yeah. But I want the pass yeah. first when I, I just never thought, I thought it was too hard to pass the guard because you're already giving them the incentive to turn away from you. Yeah. Might as well catch the arm or take the back. Yeah. When now it's like, no, you could, you could pass off of it. If Absolutely. You, if you know what you're doing with your, like for me, it's all about your forehead and your chin and your, yeah. uh, your upper, upper body. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Josh has been teaching us um, <clears throat> a lot of really cool uh, things that, that uh, overcomes that leverage. You know what yeah. I mean? When they when they're posting, when they're yeah. posting, and just like you said, head position, chin position, and then you're all of a sudden you're chest to chest, pushing your chest into the bottom of their elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he does a lot of really really cool stuff like that yeah, too. That's awesome. So, um, couple a couple questions. That, uh, uh, I'm up against it, so we're we're gonna have to cut this a little. Oh, it's almost well, hour forty five. Not bad. We could probably talk forever. Oh, we could. We didn't even get into. There's so many stories. That it's like, <laughs> we didn't get into any of it. That's why Vanessa yeah. was like, "Think about what you're gonna say." I'm like, "Babe, I'm not gonna have to think about it." I got no, a lot of, I got a lot of stories. She's like, "You don't want to have a note, a list?" Oh, like, no, she, you know, Vanessa's <clears> like my. Uh, she kind of takes care of me, like yeah. in every aspect of life. Yeah, she's probably nervous for me to do the podcast. No kidding. Like for the, she wants it to sound good. You know, like she's yeah. uh she she really does like take care of me so much. So like she's saying like, hey, make sure you know what you're gonna say. Like yeah. you want help with the dates, and I'm like ah, even if I say I don't, because I don't remember a lot of dates with a lot of things. I'm I don't either. Kind of guy, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get both of you on the show one time. Yeah, That'd she'd be, fun. be great on the show. Yeah. you know she's she is like the one who pushes our jujitsu now. That's cool. After my fight to win, <clears throat> she's like, we're talking about competing. She's like, I'm gonna sign you up for four tournaments. I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, you need to compete more. She's like, you're losing. Yeah. Your, I don't know what she was saying, but I was like, you're right. Yeah. Right. And the next day, she's like, signed you up for tournaments. Oh now I'm signed up gosh. for like a bunch of tournaments, which is awesome. Yeah. That's how I always was before. Before I was like, people were like, are you gonna compete at this tournament? Of course I am. Yeah. What do you mean, you know, now like. With the kids and with my knees and with teaching so much, yeah, I was always like, I don't need to compete, but, right? But I'm gonna go on a little run here. It gives so. you a little edge. Yeah, yeah, I like to keep my edge. Yeah, for it. sure, man, yeah. for sure. Um, so Amy, when 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 we opened our academy, shortly after we opened our academy, Amy got her purple belt. Maybe yeah. a few months, six months after we opened. Um, and um, before she was like, I mean, hobbyist is like an understatement. I mean, she 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 would train, she wouldn't, she would train, she wouldn't. But she really took on like a responsibility to be like a um like a like a leader, like for for the women in the, in the school. So she started, you know, competing a little bit more, started training more. Dude, she lost 30 pounds and 10% body fat in one year. So she she really got herself yeah. in shape. And um it got to a point where like she was going to tournaments without me. Yeah. I w I've been to New York. I've been, you know, ca California, Texas, Nevada, you name it, like without her, you know, because we always, we always traveled and, and competed so much. And uh, now she's going without me. And, and she told me, she didn't say like, Hey, I'm signing up for this tournament. It's like, Hey, I signed up for this tournament and it's this date. I'm like, how are you getting there? Oh, it's all worked out. I'm going with Erica, whatever, you know, but it's funny because Vanessa's gone to tournaments without me. That's great. But I can't go without her because she's like, if you're going to a tournament, I'm going to the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's going to a tournament too, you know. So oh, you know, that's she cool. She just loves to compete. So yeah, she's actually got more <laughs> accolades than me. She's she's already won a world title. She's that's awesome. She's won a bunch. She's done she's done really well. Better, yeah. I mean, I've competed more. Yeah. But she's done well. So that's good. She yeah. she if if I say you want to go to worlds, she's she's gonna go. You yeah. Know, any tournament, you know. Yeah. She was over, she was at that um, the fundraiser that that w that that was that happened over at Power. And, um, and remember yeah, the yeah, one, yeah. yeah. So, um, and, um, I think Nava rolled with her 
And Nava was yelling, yeah, she fights dirty. She's going to go outside. She's rough, dude. <laughs> She'll tell me, like, after the round, <clears throat> when I'm on bottom the whole time, I always tell her, I was like, I feel like my back's imprinted on the floor. You know? <laughs> and then, like, when we're, I always tell people a joke because people always ask, like, do you, how do you guys train so well together? Because, like, husbands and wife mm. or girlfriend and boyfriend don't always train so well yeah, together. No. And I'm like, so we fight a lot about it. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, she thinks I'm not going hard enough. Yeah. She Same wants thing me, with Amy. She wants yeah. me to fight her. And then, like, or, or like, she wants me to, like, she wants me to really go hard because she's like such a fighter. Yeah. So and it's hard, you know, because you don't want to. I don't want to hurt her. Right. But I know, like, and she she is so scrappy that I can I can go hard with her, and she's not going to go light with me. She'll, Has she been an athlete her whole life? She played soccer her whole life. Okay. You know? Okay. So, yeah. Like, but never like con contact sports like this. Okay. But like she just that way with everything. You know? Gotcha. Like, okay. Every Saturday and actually every single day she does never she'll never sit down and watch TV for more than fifteen minutes. Wow, she yeah. just do, all day long. She's cleaning, or she's building, or she's cooking, or she's she's in the backyard re, redoing something. Like she's just a doer. That's cool. That's why I was just told her a day. She was doing something crazy. I don't know what she was doing. I was like, babe, we're never gonna be poor. Oh yeah, I was sitting in the hammock, drinking a beer, <laughs> watching the game, and the kids were sweep swimming, and she's out there like blowing the leaves, and <laughs> and she comes over and she's she said, I was like, babe, we're never gonna be poor, <laughs> and she's like, huh? I was like. Look at me being lazy and you're just yeah. working, you know, she her work ethic. Yeah, that's she, cool, man. Yeah. yeah. So that, that helps jujitsu for me. Yeah. I was always curious, man, just to, on, on <clears throat> going back to your training real quick. Who was um who was a teammate and and um you know, a, a teammate that you've been with for a long time. Who was a teammate that pushed you the hardest? Like you you admire them. They they showed a lot of work ethic. They they were trained their ass off and they were just somebody that like if he's doing it, I'm doing it. Who was that for you? Man, probably Tyson, Aaron, and Orlando. Okay. You know, yeah. really probably like Tyson came around later. Like, uh, how late? What do you mean later? Tyson came over like around when I was probably brown belt. He's purple belt. Okay. Like, um, he came to GD. He came like in the, in the middle of like the heyday, like when everybody yeah. was there, you know? Yeah. But really like Aaron was the first one. Mm. We came up. I remember when Aaron was a white belt. Like yeah. I remember when he first started as a white belt. Yeah. He won pans, I think at a white belt. Yeah. And yeah. I learned like. Actually, I learned like you know long step like top yeah. top spin yeah, like yeah. top spin long yeah step. You, you're the I one who taught it with you, him yeah you're the one who taught it to us yeah if I ever knee sliced him he would always turn to a single leg and get up and I was like <laughs> what the hell's going on this guy's yeah. like he's a white belt he keeps turning to single leg so like I had to learn how to step over to try to get to the back and and uh, like he helped me a lot because he was so tough with his wrestling you know mm -hmm. and. Uh, and because we were so we had so much in common, like we went to every tournament together, and after every tournament, win or lose, we would hang out together. Okay. Every single tournament, <clears throat> everywhere, all over the country, yeah. all over the world. We went to Europe together a couple times. You know, we yeah we had a great time together. And then like Orlando moved out. Like I remember meeting Orlando at the Worlds. I think I was a purple belt and he was a blue belt. He was like seventeen. Yeah. And he didn't speak. I remember Bruno Bastos was like, "Hey, hold on, this guy wants to go buy a phone. <coughs> Take him to go buy a phone." And I was like. All right, whatever. So we're on the phone. He's like showing me the address, but he's not talking. I was like, I'm trying to talk to him. I realized you don't speak English, you know? Yeah. So we go buy this phone from this super sketchy dude, you know? <laughs> Anyways, like we become friends. And uh, like a week later, he calls me from Texas. He was like, man, I don't like Texas. I want to go to Arizona. Okay. And I was like, all right. You know, because I was I was uh, living by myself, me and my brother. And I was like, I don't care. You can yeah. sleep on the floor or whatever, you know? <laughs> And he slept on the floor for about a year and a half, and then we uh, we ended up moving to the gym after that. Oh, okay. But, man, that kid, he's the type like that will uh, he would wake up like at five to eat his meal because he needed this meal in at a certain time, and then he'd go back to bed, and then we'd get up like at the training was at ten. Mm -hmm. So he was not like an early person. He'd get up like at 
nine thirty. We drink our coffee. He got me to drink. I didn't even drink coffee back then. He was like, "Man, you're gonna have to drink coffee and eat a banana or something." But I didn't eat food either. Yeah. And he we'd go train, and after class, he'd be like, well, "Class would always be hard, like really hard, because it was always like, I mean, imagine a room with." Uh, Espen and Tommy and the Sodre brothers and wow. Luan Carvalho and if Marcio was there and whoever else you know wow. like a, a, just a, everybody's so good that like it's so hard and then after he'd be like man we're gonna have to do more everybody on the line we're gonna do push ups and squats and all these things and I'd be mad at him like <laughs> why you know we just trained so hard and then we'd go home he would eat and then he'd go at 2 o'clock to physical to just lifting weights you know? holy shit and then we'd go back at night every night you know wow. and we'd go back every night and we'd do uh Either one or two classes. I don't remember how many we did at night. Like, eventually, it was two classes every night. Yeah. And that, that guy was just always... And then he'd be on the diet. He'd be on his diet. Like, we would eat, like, in and out Burger. And then he'd be at home, like, so so upset with himself. Like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, he's yeah. Like, he's like, I mean, I only <clears> came <throat> here from... Because he came from Brazil and, like, left his family... Left everything to come to America to be a professional athlete. Yeah. And then I'm talking him into eating in and out Burger. Right, and I'm right. like, so like, I, even I would feel like, man, okay, now I'm messing up this kid. Yeah. You know, who's coming. So like he got me to, I was never as tough as him. Never. I never liked lifting, like, lifting weights like he did. But like in the rounds, I think I'm as tough as him. Okay. You know? like yeah. I, one thing I would say <laughs> about those days, about like when we were with all those guys at, um, at, at GDs when it was the best. I maybe I wasn't getting as good as I could have gotten because we were training so hard, but I got so tough. Yeah. Like, I think now I'm getting better every day because I'm looking at like technical jujitsu. Yeah. Like technical, technical jujitsu all the time. Yeah. But getting smashed by somebody all day long is great for young people, I think. Yeah. You know, especially if you don't quit. If you right. quit, like, who knows what it might do some, uh, you might already yeah. be on a bad route anyways, yeah. you know? But if you can <clears throat> stick it out and you can get your face smashed so bad that, like, I had bruising. On my chin, I had shadows around my eyes wow. all the time from yeah. the cross faces, and there'd be a point where I remember, like with Marcio, he'd be knee slicing me so much every single day that where I'd be like, you know what, I would have the tightest grip of my legs, like I'm just gonna hold out, elbow across my face, shoulder in my face, and he probably got out most of the time, but I would hold out for like four minutes, five <laughs> minutes of just <laughs> like imagine like a rug burn, but with a oh, heat over yeah. and over on your face, and oh. like he's the kind of grappler that when he feels you like not submitting to him. I kind of feel like I'm more that way now. He's like, oh, yeah? <laughs> You're not going to let me pass? All right. Yeah. Here, you come, here comes the pain, you know? So, yeah. like, I dealt with a lot of that. And I would say, yeah, like, those guys, like, uh, Tyson, Tyson, in the sense that uh, he he's the only, he was the guy that will go for it. Like, you ever been you ever been passing the guard and you feel the person stick their arm out and your mind's like arm bar arm bar arm bar mm. but you're but you're also like just take the points you know be yeah safe, yeah just be safe just be safe yeah I was always the one to be safe but yeah. he would always jump on everything yeah so, like the combination of the three guys like trying to get me to be Tyson trying to get me to be he wasn't like telling me these things like no one's like you need to do this or yeah Orlando was but he was <laughs> but, uh, but like Tyson and Aaron were like coaching me because we were peers you know yeah. we were coming up the same belts together yeah. But those guys influenced me a lot, trying to be, like, with Aaron, like, he was a wrestler, hard-nosed, like, got to learn how to wrestle, Josh, you know, like, yeah. got to figure it out somehow. I, I'm not a great wrestler, but, like, in jiu-jitsu, I'm a decent wrestler. Yeah. You get yeah. me against a regular wrestler, like, yeah. It's totally not, different. Yeah, it's totally different, yeah. but, like, yeah, just, like, <laughs> training hard through Orlando's training and, like, learning how to do, be aggressive with Aaron's style and then also, like, uh, Tyson's ability to just go for it. Yeah. You know, like, the combination of the three and then... I kind of look at myself as a, as I think I've been a coach more than a more than a competitor. Mm. Even like when I was competing full time as a black belt and brown belt, 
I was always coaching, and I always lo- I enjoy like the coaching part of the world. Like yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy being there all four days, nine a.m. with yeah. my coffee, yeah. nine a.m. Like, and I remember like this last <coughs> one, we had like three guys going pretty close. Mm-hmm. And one of my students is like, Josh, we're all going close. I'm like, awesome. He's like, how are you gonna make it? I'm like, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out. I love this. Yeah, you know, I love like <coughs> match just ended. Good job. I gotta go. Run I to love the next that. Yeah, you know, like that's yep. that is so much fun to me, and yeah. I just hope that at some point, like. Actually, I know when I have my own gym, I'm going to build that kind of team up again. Yeah. But I hope at some point soon we could have uh, 15 to 20 competitors at these big tournaments yeah. again, you know, because it's it's something these guys are going to enjoy. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way. Like, um, it, I, I went to uh, Worlds this year to coach one student. Yeah. And <clears throat> I've always been this way. I've always been this way um, but with my jiu-jitsu life. Mm-hmm. When, when I'm coaching, like when I took over Paul's uh, morning class, there was three people day one, right? Mm-hmm. Including me. <laughs> there were three of us in there, right? You know, you know the deal. Like, yeah. it just is what it is. But I always told them, like, I don't care if we have one person or we have 100 people. Yeah. I'm going to run it the same way. We're going to bow in. We're going to do regular warm-ups. Yeah. We're going to do all that stuff. And then we're going to bow out. Yeah. And I've always been that. I think that level of professionalism is important, mm-hmm. right? Um and so, you know, my student is like, it's just me. You shouldn't go. I'm like, no, this is what I do. Yeah. Like, this is, this is my life. Like, this is what I do. And I, and Especially I, if they, they, <clears throat> they made the time to come hundred percent AM and, and, and put the time in, put the time in. Yeah. yeah. They put the time in. Yeah. So, um, you know, if somebody surprised me, somebody that never trained surprised me going, Hey, I'm going to Costa Mesa to do the ADCC and like, good luck. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. If, but if they grind, like if they put in the work, I'm in. Yeah. I'm 100 percent in. So, um, so let me ask you as a as a coach, um, how should I put this? I want to I want to make sure I get this right. How how what do you want your legacy to be? How do you want people to remember you? Um, you know, it's funny thing about coaching is uh, I remember thinking this like in year two or three, like every year I look back and I'm like, oh man, that was. That was, I had some rough classes. Yeah. Like, I'm sure yeah. you had a, t- a lesson that like so happens to me sometimes when I'm teaching something that I do a lot personally and then mm. I try to teach it and then you just feel like the, the message didn't get to everybody. Yeah. So I always look back every year and I'm like, okay, you got better this year. You got better this year. Like I just want to keep getting better and I, I don't want people to ever feel like I'm just there because mm. I felt that way before with instructors and uh, yeah. I feel people get burned out and uh, I think... If I allow it to, ha- if I, if you start to let it happen, it, it, it starts to happen fast. You yeah. Know? Like when I start to get too, uh, out of sp- after the knee surgery, like I had times where I'm like, yeah, Josh, you're just a guy now. You just trained jujitsu. Like I even thought about getting a job. Like maybe I'll just, wow. I'll just get a regular job and, uh, go back, go back to school maybe or something. And, uh, now that I'm fully like invested back in jujitsu, I just want people to know that I care. <clears throat> um, I want, I want people to know that they can come talk to me and that they can do things that they think they can't, you know? Yeah. I, I, I hate when somebody doesn't realize their potential and I didn't see that as much back then. You know, it might've, it might've happened when I had kids. Like I remember coaching Gabe Fuentes. He's like, man, I get emotional thinking about this. So, um, he was like 14, 13. And at the time we had Dom, Maurice, Micah, a bunch of just superstar teens. And they were just beating Gabe up in practice all the time. And he's getting better, he's getting better, he's getting better. And I knew this kid since he was like six. I coached him when he was six. I didn't coach him. I was a, um, I was coaching him at an event. Yeah. I wasn't his coach. He was yeah. at Lopez. But, yeah. I know uh, the I kid. I knew him forever. Yeah, I know the kid. And uh, after, <clears throat> after a pans, 
He won a match or two. He comes off. He's like, he is balling. Just crying. He's like telling me how much he wanted it. And I just had kids. And I remember like, why am I emotional? <laughs> and I'm walking away. And this little girl like sees me. And she sees my eyes are watery. And uh, she's like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. And I'm like, Aww. no, these are good. This is good. I feel I like this. You know? Yeah. And so now, ever since then, I feel like I want people to uh, to think that I care. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's it. I just want to like, I love jujitsu so much, and it gave me so much that uh, man, it's like uh, it's really important to me. Yeah. So. No, that's awesome, man. I can totally tell. Um, last question: <clears throat> What do you want now that you're up coming up on your your second stripe on your black belt? When you start promoting black belts, what oh, what what do you want your black belts to all have in um, common? And what what do you want them to have in common? So I, I want everybody to feel like they can do any style of jujitsu. That's a big thing for me. Like, oh, I can't I don't I can't train with them because they do no gi. Or mm. I can't train them because they do. Or uh, I don't like spider guard. Or uh, like I always tell my older belts who don't do like Baron Bolo. Like you don't need to know Baron Bolo. But what if you're a black belt and a blue belt comes in? And he's like, hey, I want to know about Baron Bolo. You're just like, oh, I don't know it. Never Ooh, say that. Like right. I want you to say like, well, this is what I do know about it. <laughs> I yeah. don't know a bunch about it, but I know this or I know that. So I want um, I, I want my black belts to be solid everywhere. But I, I, I really actually, now that now I'm thinking about it, like the way the sports changed over the last couple of years is I want people to be respectful. Yeah. Because like you'll see people say like jujitsu was not a respectful sport coming up. There was mm. dojo storming. There was, it's like when I was coming up, it was respectful. Yeah. So I don't care about where somebody else thinks it came from. I don't care about... This person's uh, experience, like my experience, was a lot of respect. One time, a student pushed our. Uh, I lo- I beat a, I beat an AOJ guy who had just won worlds, uh, at purple belt. I beat him like the week after at the Vegas Open, and he pushed me. Mm. And I was like, "What the heck?" I never, never had anybody ever had any. I never had any of those situations. Everyone's been really cool, you yeah. know. So yeah, I just want people to know that like this is supposed to be a respectful sport. Yeah, like you should take care of your partners, but you should also be able to train hard with them and. That's probably it. Like, good, solid black belts, good everywhere, but also good people. And, yeah. and let's try to keep jujitsu. Like, let's let's let the pro athletes be as whatever they want to be, you know. But like, we're not. Most of us are just regular dudes. Yeah. We don't have to be on social media causing drama. Right. Calling people out. Like, if you have a problem with somebody, you don't like what somebody did. An old coach of yours, uh, an old student of yours, is it going to change anything that you went online and said something about them? No. No, it's not. It's going to make you look bad yeah and i've told people i've i've reached out to people who have done that i'm like dude disappointed you did that did that like i've done stuff before per, I, maybe like i maybe i've told somebody something that i look back at, but I, I don't remember ever going online and calling people out like publicly yeah to everybody, you yeah, know? yeah, so yeah yeah that's something i want to <clears throat> i'm trying to change and I, I hope everybody can can look at like for example like the like tying in Tynan, Gordon, Marigali kind of comparisons lately. Yeah. Like who's the goat? Who's the king? I just think that you can lose and you could win without being a jerk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that was that that actually probably the biggest thing. I love it. Yeah. So. No, that's great, man. Well, listen, man, I'm up against it. I got to go back to the academy or else, dude, we could sit here for another couple hours. I got to teach in a couple, like, I got to get the kids and I got to teach. I got two more classes too. Do you? Okay. Okay. Well, listen, um, thank you so much for being on, dude. We're, we're going to do this again. And we just got to pick like, I don't know. We got to do like a weekend night. We get like, we got to do like a group one. Yeah. Yeah. We get like Nava and some of us too. What I was thinking is I could set up my big table outside. I could oh, set yeah. up the cameras That'd out there, cool. do some, you know, do some lighting. That would be yeah. so much fun. That'd I can cool. get like seven, eight people around Dude, that table. Just some people, because people don't even know about all the stories we have. No. Like, 
after every event, we don't do, no one does this anymore. I don't know if you guys do, but I no. don't do this anymore. Every event, we used to go to that hole in the wall bar. Yeah. I forget what it's called. Bo- bogies. Bogies, dude. <laughs> every event, we'd be there for like five, six hours. Dude. And like, that's how, I'm not with Agro anymore, but I remember like, that's how I got my first sponsorship. No kidding. Just we were networking just hanging out, drinking yeah. out of bogies. And I was just like telling uh, Agro Eddie how much I loved Agro. And he was just like, you know what? We're going to sponsor you. And oh, I was like, that's what? so cool, you know? man. So like, I miss those days. I miss, I always tell my students, like, they're always like, I need to find a job. I'm like, just ask around. Yeah. You, you know, so many people. Yeah. Like you can go network outside of jujitsu, but like, if you know so many people, you can, you can find something. And those days back then we, we had so many group experiences. It was beautiful, man. Yeah. We we I, we definitely got to do this again to talk about some of those, man, because those were some of the best nights ever, dude. Like they were crazy. That night in New York when we got lost in the train. <laughs> <laughs> was I, the I was the one that said, "I'm not getting on the train. It's going to Brooklyn. We're not going to Brooklyn." I, re- I don't remember where we were. I was the, just like, "We're we were in Manhattan." Yeah, yeah. It was it was a Times crazy. Square was night. shut down. <clears throat> yeah, it was a crazy night. But uh, all right, everybody, listen, if you love the podcast or hate the podcast, please give us a uh, a like and a, a follow on uh, YouTube. We're on Instagram, DBJJ Foxcast. Let everybody know where they can find you, man. Uh, so I'm teaching full time at GD Jiu Jitsu. Uh, I don't have like a bunch of um, I have I'm, I'm on Instagram on so I'm on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. It's just J Rod Jiu Jitsu. Eventually, like I'll probably have some more. Eventually, I'm going to open my own gym. I've been putting it back a couple years now, but uh. Right now, you can find me teaching at JD Jiu-Jitsu. You ever want a class? And if anybody ever has a question on anything, I always say, like, I'm not the kind of guy who has to give you a private lesson to help you with something. If yeah. you have a question on a technique, just message me on Facebook, Instagram. I'm willing to help uh, at any time. With I love it. I love it. That's awesome, man. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Josh, thank you again, brother. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs>